The following podcast, though presented by Tamed Idiots, is intended for mature audiences. The opinions presented in this podcast are not intended to sway anyone's opinions as the people presenting them are kind of dumb. The topics that are presented and the opinions that are expressed are intended for entertainment purposes and should be considered satire. Some of these stories may be exaggerated. It's up to you to determine which ones. Though we are not professionals, we have a combined total of 240 years of being stupid. Do not try this at home, and please proceed with caution. Welcome to the Absurdly Average Podcast. My name is Akil, and you're joining myself in the merry band of morons as we come to you again with, you know, arguments, uh, debates, whatever the fuck you want to call it, about anything and everything. Um, this week, we're going to be talking all about survivalism, especially under the guise of zombies. Ooh. So, joining us today, we have Yanni, otherwise known as Yanni. Alan, otherwise known as Fatballs, Coates here, otherwise known as Mike Spatuli, otherwise known as Spatuli, and uh, Biggin, otherwise known as Taylor. So there are two things that I want to knock out real quick, or three things. The first is that uh, thanks to all of you who are listening and your ratings on Spotify and Apple, we are continuing to grow. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Your reviews make it possible for us to do more and more each day to help children. Uh, If you're not aware, we do a lot of work for Make-A-Wish and the No Kid Hungry Foundation. And so because of your ratings on Apple and on Spotify, uh, we can just keep growing and doing more. So again, thank you for that. The second thing, it is the birthday of our very own Spatuli. So happy birthday, Spatuli. I hope you have a good fucking day. And also thank you for spending it with us recording shit because you certainly could be doing anything else besides spending your evening of your birthday with us so it's much appreciated um i don't know if i'm gonna sing to you do you guys want to sing to him (laughs) i'll sing i don't give a shit yeah happy birthday to you happy birthday to you you. happy birthday birthday happy birthday to you okay so that was really disappointing (laughs) you know what it would yeah, it wouldn't be us in the podcast if we weren't just fucking stupid about anything and everything. Um, the last thing is I opened a piece of mail today. And while that sounds kind of, uh, you know, bleh, it happened to be a birthday present from our very own Fatballs. What's up, man? Uh, what's up, man? Uh, so this birthday present came in the mail, and I can actually show this one on stream because it's not actually a knife. But he bought me a poop knife. It is a silicone, what looks to be like a butter knife. And I guess for people who have very, very intense, solid log construction, it's to help cut it in the toilet. I don't know why he sent me this. <laughs> I've, never, I've never had a problem before. This just happened. But I'm, I'm going to read the back of this. You? Original poop okay. knife will chop the most complicated of brownies, the most seasoned of sausages, the hardwood of butt logs, the, the longest of sewer snakes, the most ferocious of bog crocodiles, and the fattest of heaved Havanas. Uh, never to be mistaken as oh. a box opener again, this poop knife is made from a special reinforced silicone that is so strong and hygienic and easy to clean. Guaranteed to not turn into a rusty punji stick. Uh, be a samurai of the porcelain poo-poo platter. So yeah, this was a birthday present that Alan sent me. So poop knife. Okay, um, I can hoping see. To catch I, I can see. Reaction um, as soon as the box got opened, that had like, to be good. I, I can see this knife being actually useful if you need to bring some samples for the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's like, a legit use. Legit use. No, that's that's well, pretty fair. Like if you do have to send in a stool sample, you can't sit there and like 
drop a fucking 85 pound just snake you got to just put a sliver of it in there bro, bro the imagine imagine how happy you would like imagine like you need to bring the samples and this moment when you, <laughs> when you th- this moment when you think like bro this knife is finally fucking useful i can use it yeah right it's good like i'm gonna have to sit there and like you know when i get older i guess and when i when they needed like run some tests or something on why i'm fucking insane and like okay well we need you to bring a little bit of the poop and i'm like oh i have a knife for this like <laughs> <laughs> no it'd be funny so like in the box you like you it's like perfectly symmetrical with 90 inch like 90 degree corners and you, like, you turn in like what the fuck is this yeah it's like, like <laughs> and honestly this thing kind of reminds me of like uh almost like a little pallet scraper that you would use when you're like applying grout or uh mm-hmm or something so in theory you could sit there and mold the piece of poop <laughs> in the specimen oh. jar and give them like a little i don't know you could give them a little pyramid you could build them a little house <laughs> like, who the fuck knows too far man too far yeah the <laughs> imagination is up to you kids <laughs> the thing is like, sample, though, like we've all got about, that how that about one, no no we've got we've all got that <laughs> one spoon in the drawer we fucking hate and never want to use that's what that spoon's for I mean, I like I remember the, I remember when this thing went viral when it's like, oh, my family has a poop knife. Doesn't everybody else's family has a poop knife? And then I guess a company capitalized on that story and made high durability silicone poop knives. So that's where we're at now. So thank you for the birthday present, uh, Fat Balls. I appreciate it. That but, initial reaction had to be golden, though. It. So the thing is, is that I forgot that you sent it. Like I. It came in the mail, and uh, one of the roommates checked the mail like super late last night when I was already asleep. So groggily this morning, as I'm heading out the door, I saw that there's a package with my name on it. So I didn't even think that like you told me to open it on stream. <laughs> so I open it this morning, and this just funk falls out, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a poop! Oh my god, it's Alan sent me a poop! <laughs> like it took a second. <laughs> like I expected either, god damn it, fuck you, I hate you, or some combination of those three. Like immediately. Uh, I was way too tired in the morning, but it certainly woke me up. That's for See, sure. Like now, so, what you got to do is like in the bathroom, you just got to like punch out a little wall, like a little hole in drywall, and glass it over. And it's like in case of emergency, break glass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of once I have my own place, I want to put this poop knife in and encase glass thing where it's like in case of like dinosaur shit, break glass. With, in with case of gorilla's poop. arm, break glass. <laughs> <laughs> but okay i can't believe we've already started like the first 10 minutes of this fucking thing just sitting here talking about shit literally but oh, today's problem i mean yeah <laughs> um so today's topic I is gonna can. be i mean given that we we yeah we derail often as shit and so for those of you who are listening to this podcast if it's your first time experiencing this with uh with us or whatever um you're gonna hear me refer to stream that's because all of our podcasts are recorded live every wednesday at six o'clock eastern standard time and we have the comments from all of our viewers that come in and you know we chit chat you guys give us your your thoughts on the thing we're talking about, everything like that. So if you'd like to join in the conversation, make sure you tune in every single Wednesday at six, uh, six o'clock. So there is that. Oh, final announcement. I will not be here to record next week. I will be out of town. Actually, I'll be out of country um, from, I think, Wednesday until from that Wednesday until the 13th like the 2nd to the 13th is when i believe i'm out of town so 
you guys might get a bonus episode like you did during Christmas time, where effectively the quote unquote inmates ran the asylum. And I took a I took a listen to that episode. It was pretty damn good. It was just talking about literally fucking anything and everything, just like we do here. So if you all want to, you know, do your own thing again, by all means, I'm not going to be here. So whatever. But all of that preamble aside, today we're talking about zombie survival. We're going to be talking about the different tools, different plans for survival, different weapons you're going to use, whether they are knives or swords, Hmm. uh, guns, different tools that you want to have, you know, all that kind of shit as well as does the caliber of a round matter when you're firing into hordes of the undead. So we're going to be approaching all of that. And so the first thing is uh, we're going to kick it off a little easy and talk about rations first, although I hoped that Tony would be here um, because last, uh, I don't know if it was last week or maybe the week before, we were talking about, um, uh, what do you call it, MREs. And I remember he was talking about the different numbers for MREs and whether some of them were meant to stop you up and some of them were supposed to loosen you up. I have no idea, but at least to my understanding, maybe MREs are the, the choice, you know, uh, to pick. So, so maybe MRE, you guys tell me. MRE cheese. Um, I believe it's the cheese. Yeah, it's the cheese. That stuff will plug you up tighter than a ship. Okay. Like the it's the jalapeno cheddar cheese and it comes in a little squeeze tube on an MRE. Yeah, if you don't want to have to go poo poo for a week or two, just eat your tube of that. Okay, like first of all, I think we need to consider like set some guidelines for the zombies because like like what, what like. How fast are the zombies? Are, like, are, we, are, we, are we talking about like slow zombies, slow slow zombies? Or well, what? yeah. Are we are we talking about like hyper realistic zombies, or are we yeah. talking about like the full spectrum zombie? Yeah, I feel I like think, I think Riku well, has the authority the, to actually bring that up. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the basic like the basic guidelines that that, that we think, that we need to consider is like are zombies fast or slow? First of all. Well, so what's interesting, Tony and I have been playing a shit ton of Dying Light 2, which thank you to Riglu, for those of you who don't know that are listening or watching right now, Riglu is one of the developers for Dying Light 2. Uh, interestingly enough, if you guys have watched the gameplay that we've done, there are unique zombies, there are fast zombies, there are just the regular minion that are walking around. So I think that some sort of culmination of all of them, where you have ones that are kind of fast, and then you have ones that are kind of slow. But I don't think we should cover specialty zombies. Like, none yeah. of these brutish tank things or the exploders or anything like that. But I think that the, the speed of zombies can go anywhere from, like, you know, they can do a light jog for a little bit before they stop okay. um, to just the shambling, crawling, whatever. Like, you know, crawling on my shins. So, like, that, right? Oh my god, okay. I just sang that okay. and I realized that's going to be on a podcast episode. I hate my life. <laughs> it's okay, so volume boosted as well. So sec- second of all, our survivals, uh, are we, like, are we talking as, as a survivals as they are alone or in like groups? That's, that's I think, the second part that we need to consider. Think, are we talking uh, like a lone fight, like 1v1 fight with a zombie or like group fight? I think usually, like, the, the way we approach it, most of the time, uh, you know, at least with American groups, is you're looking at individual survival. You know, and for me, it's like, okay, how do I survive long enough to find my people? You know, that's that's the big question. 
Yeah, um, and I kind of I can kind of agree with that. Where like it's we may be starting off where it's like okay, you're kind of solo, but you know where survivors are. So basically, all of these questions would be relative to what is your survival kit and items going to look like as you make your way towards a safer bastion of humanity. Well, I know, okay, like, so... like you, you consider this, like, you know, a little bit of a redneck. Some people call me, you know, uh, and uh, what, 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 did, what did they call us, uh, Akil? Extremist? Um, I mean, whatever. It... But anyways, me being a redneck, good old country boy, me and all my friends have a, just a generic, and this kind of encompasses zombies, but shit hits the fan, like, plan. Yeah, okay, so we so, so we can set the point that we are alone. We are, we are not in small group, we are not in group, we are, we are alone as one survivor. Right, we're trying to find our group. Okay, so like that's the, that, that was my first point, so like are we are like defending the base or like scavenging around? Because like if we are moving around, that, that needs, yeah. uh, that, yeah, that, that needs a lot more. Yeah, traveling. Again, we're trying to find our group of people, whoever they are. Yeah, and okay. what's crazy, Riglu, is like, at least down I, for my group of friends, and just like Taylor was mentioning here, or Biggin was mentioning, is most of the people that I know that live here in Georgia specifically all have a plan as to, you know, if shit goes sideways, whether it's zombies or Red it is... Red Dawn scenario, you know, yeah, like whatever it is. Something like, like that. <laughs> like, 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 everyone... like, like, our group has a, like... The minute that shit hits the fan, whether it's like the news flashes that zombies are here or oh no, like, like, oh, no, like we no, said, no. like um, um, Red Dawn scenario, you know, we get invaded or, or anything like that. Our group knows that we have a rally point and a, like grab your shit and get here now. And it's not no. too far from any of us. So I mean like yeah yeah, yeah 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 we know we know about I mean like it's not I mean like it's not much different from from, from my state cuz like me and my friends I have bunker in my house with guns, food and shit like that. So they all know where they they need to come here to me. Yeah. So all of that said, the first thing is again, we're talking about rations. What is the kind of food that, like, you think would be best to sit, to sit there and, like, survive the initial onslaught of zombies or whatever? Yeah, and this could be while you're traveling. Let's say, like, you know, you, you might have your SUV or your vehicle or if you're big and oh, you've no, got a no, fucking no, no, no. truck. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, because, like, you can't fucking, I don't know, make fries while fucking scavenging around. No, and that's the thing. That's why I'm asking. Like, what would what would the rations be that everyone here would prefer to take with them as part of their kit, and why? Are we going down the list in order like usual? Or... Yeah. So we're gonna start with Yanni and just work our way down. So it's gonna be Yanni, then myself, and then Fatballs, Cotier, Riglu, Spatuli, and then Biggin. So we're just gonna go down the list and say what we think we would bring in terms of rations to get to our destination. I mean, obviously, uh, canned vegetables of any kind, like I, I maybe beans as well. But for the most part, canned vegetables—you don't have to cook them. Easy to open, very easy to store, and you don't have to worry about expi anything expiring. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there on the canned beans, especially. Um, 
because ounce for ounce beans pack more protein than meat. And unless you are somehow finding time to hunt and then like do all of the, fl- I don't know if it's called flaying. What's it called for hunting? Skinning? Skinning. Yeah. Um, Processing. Yes. So unless you have the time to break down an animal that you've hunted, whether it's a squirrel or rabbit, all the way up to a buck or whatever, if you don't have that time and skill, and then you also have to render it down, cook it, whatever, then you can get a lot of your protein just from beans. So I'm kind of with that, where whether they are dried beans, um, and then all you have to do is hydrate them, to the ones that are in a can and then they're ready to eat, Either way, those work for me. Not to mention, they'll still keep you regular, so you, you don't need your poop knife on you. Uh, Alan, what about you? So I'm kind of, and this really depends on how you're traveling. Um, you know, if you are in a vehicle, it's perfectly fine to grab a big box of cans because, <clears throat> you know, it's not just vegetables, but Chef Boyardee, fucking anything like that in a can is going to be, one, surprisingly good. And two, it's going to keep for a long time. And, you know, if you're looking at upwards of a few weeks of travel time to get to where you need to go or to find people, um, you know, the, the other option, too, um, like if you're not in a vehicle, you know, you, you carry enough with you for maybe two days. And when you find quiet areas, because, you know, on the assumption that this is a massive outbreak, you're going to go past a lot of houses that have been recently vacated. And, I mean, you can pick up another two days' worth of food there, move on to the next one, and just keep going. And, uh, you know, that's kind of my approach to it. And, you know, if, if I'm having to go a long distance and, you know, there's not going to be anything for a while, it can't be as heavy as cans. Um, you know, and that's the thing is the lighter the weight gets, like, if you have a bunch of MREs already, great. But if you don't have that at your disposal... You're going to be looking at, like, bags of dry beans and stuff like that where you're going to have to, like, find water, soak, at least soak them enough to where they're edible. You know, if you can't generate a fire and cook them, um, you at least got to soak them long enough where you can eat whatever comes out of it. Yeah, and I think that's where MREs definitely have the advantage, where they'll sit there and survive through any kind of condition. And comparatively speaking, especially to, like, cans of food, they're not that heavy. And they give you enough, like they're meant to give you enough nutrition to get through X amount of time. Well, an, so an, you're, an, an MRE has enough calories and stuff like that for what like the daily recommended caloric intake is. One MRE theoretically should be able to handle your the you know caloric intake for uh, a twenty four hour period. Yeah, so, you know, like push, push, that... push comes to shove. Like if you have to like really like stretch things out, you know, carry a light load where you're going and stuff like that. MREs are really are the bang, best bang for the buck because one per day will last you. And something else to really, you know, consider when you're making these decisions is you have to assume whatever's in your gas tank is all you've got. And that means that's all the heavy load carrying you can do. So, you know, if, if you know somewhere to go that's like 400 miles away and roads are okay, you're fine. But if it's just everybody, you know, abandoned their shit and ran, it's going to take you a long time to get where you're going to go. And you may only get like, you know, two thirds of the way there before you're out of gas and you're screwed. 
See, and this is where having someone like Spatuli uh, in your kit is going to come in super helpful because that's when you just modify the engine. I don't know how you do it, so Spatuli might be able to, you know, shed some light here. But that's effectively when you just, you know, have your engine modified to take fucking Everclear, and then you just rob a liquor store. Well, I guess it's not really robbing if the world ended, did it? <laughs> no, that wouldn't be possible. So the only way your car would be able to... If you're gasoline car, the only way... To make it run alcohol, it would have to have a super high compression ratio. So um, you can't make a stock car run off, you know, one one fifteen or higher. It just wouldn't work. It might work with a diesel, but that's stretching it. Well, diesels, you just you use uh, burnt vegetable oil or burnt motor oil or pretty much any kind of oil. Well, yeah, if it's a if it's a non-electronic fuel injected diesel like a P pump, like a twelve valve Cummins, you could run a fifty-fifty split between like vegetable oil and transmission fluid, and it'll run like a top, no problem. Yeah. Yep. All These all are all things definitely things, things, things I understand. Absolutely. The, the yep. Thing cars, you cars, and top in that situation, and, and like so, like someone like Mike would have to take extra precaution to do that. Is you would have to have uh, in colder climates, you have to have fuel line heaters. Mm -hmm. um, yep. on a diesel like that because... Um, I'm assuming you're speaking of a different mic because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> in cold oh. climates, if you're running oh. if you're running like burnt vegetable oil and stuff like that in a diesel, which they are perfectly capable of running, the problem is is vegetable oil will gel up at a lot high, uh, lower or higher temperature than like diesel. Traditionally, diesel has anti-gelling stuff put in it from the manufacturer so on like in colder climates especially up north and if it's the winter time to run a diesel like a prep out like oh i can go anywhere in this you need to have uh fuel line heaters on it so it basically you know obviously heats it up to a temperature that it liquefies again and you can push it through your engine yeah and and something that might make things a lot simpler too is i mean if you happen to come across an abandoned car <laughs> Crawl up under it with a hammer and a screwdriver, punch a hole in the gas tank, drain it, throw it in your shit, and keep going. Like, you know, especially get out in like fucking Carrollton and some of the meth heavy areas, you can wake up and find a hole in your gas tank and everything is empty. Like, wait, couldn't you used to be able to do that if you pried open the gas cap and then you just like blow job to fucking, uh, yeah, you, you, you can hose? siphon it. Yeah, you can siphon you do. I tried siphoning once, and I will tell you, if it goes slightly wrong, you get a mouthful of gas. No, that's yeah, how you know it goes right. Yeah. So much. <laughs> you're going to lose no. so much energy and calories to throwing up and trying to get that goddamn taste out of your mouth that ain't worth it. Just crawl under it, punch a hole, and drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, you know you're siphoning gas properly. You always got to get some in your mouth because you got to complete the loop. If you don't complete the loop, it's not going to drain. Yep. Yeah, well, like I was about to say, that won't be the first time I've had gasoline in my mouth, yeah. and it probably mm -hmm. won't be the last in my life. <laughs> that's it. Um, I had one car that it, it the engine just crapped out right after I bought like a full tank of gas and it was like four bucks a gallon. So it always happens. We disconnected the fuel line after the gas tank and I just kept turning it to ACC on the engine and letting the fuel pump kick on yep. and pump what it could, turn it off, back too. on again. Spatuli, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this because I don't know if you, it might have happened to you before. We were working on an old carbed F-150 one time. Mm -hmm. and you know trying to get it to get started up it hadn't ran in a while you know so we have a bottle with gasoline in it and a little hole popped in the top so you can like you know yep. pour it in the carb and all that stuff well it was a mountain dew bottle 
And well, I had I was drinking a Mountain Dew at the time, and oh, I no. fucked up and oh, went I there this and <laughs> grabbed it and took a swig of it. Woo! Yeah, it'll, it'll let you day of it. And Eighty-seven sure. octane to wake your ass up. I promise you that. <laughs> Sounds horrific. I don't like that. Okay, so next is uh, Cotier. So in the end times, what is the thing you're packing, food-wise, to get you from your domicile? to where the other survivors are oh oh nothing <laughs> he's <Dude>. calling it quits <laughs> no no you don't understand i'm like 300 fucking pounds i'm five foot six ish okay i ain't gonna make it i will stay behind and let them numb on me because they're gonna be chewing on me for a fucking while <laughs> first okay? of all First I'm the all, guy that I'm the guy that sacrifices himself so y'all motherfuckers can get the fuck out. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Mr. Gimli, if I give you a warhammer, you'll be fine. No, no, I mean, no, Akil. He's our heavy gun. Dude, give him dude, a oh, dude, yeah, give him a fucking saw. I was about to say dude, give him a two. Are you kidding me? Give him my an M60. Backs, my back is fucked up enough as it is. You think I'm swinging shit around and hauling hard, heavy stuff? Come off it. <laughs> I, I mean, I can always... Give like, your uh, balls a tug, bud. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was going to say, like, balls a tug. Uh, if anything, I can probably just, like, strap you to a plank of wood that's attached to the back of uh, uh, Biggin's fucking 18-wheeler and uh, just stick you, like, that way it keeps your spine you guys, If you guys, if you guys put... Mounted if you guys... If you give me a mounted gun and a chair, I'm fine. Oh, I was about, I was about to say. I, I was I can, about to say. I can we're just going to take him and we're going to put him on the mounted modus or the mounted whatever we can get our hands on. And like, Mike's just like, look, all you got to do is when you see the people that are trying to eat us, press this button right here and point this gun at them. And we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> you know what I think what the catch 22 of all of this is? Is it's gonna be Cotier's first time like going with a full auto fucking uh, <laughs> LMG, and so he's gonna be like, blah, 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 blah. <gasps> yes, and so yeah, catch twenty two there. The end result of this is what would happen if they gave the Doof Warrior a gun instead of a guitar. I mean, uh, much, yeah. I get that reference. I don't, but like that uh, I get that reference, but I do. So <laughs> we gotta. We got Cotier's answer for rations. Now, in chat, we did get Minotaur that said anything that's just non-perishable, which, yeah, that's fair. And we're talking yeah. kind of about, like, your self-pack or basically a little bit of, like, what you could put in your car. Um, so something that's – obviously, we're not like, oh, hey, you can just sit there and haul an entire supermarket behind you. Like, it's got to be something reasonable. Um, and so from that, we're going to move into Riglu. What are your – what's your uh, – your food situation going to look like while you make your way to the the survivors? Okay, so like I prefer to like not carry much and be mobile and fast. Uh, I don't like to carry much. So basically, like one of the advantages that one of the advantages that you have over uh, zombies in zombie apocalypse is their movement, and they tend to like if you are talking about slow zombies, like giving up uh, movement ability to. To carry more shit is basically making yourself fucking weaker and vulnerable to zombies because you're fucking slow as fuck. 
So I think I will go with protein bars since they can like basically give you like 600 uh, calories per, per, one, per one bar. You can eat it on literally on the walk and you don't need to stop. It's fair. You know, I didn't even think about protein bars, but... And I this was also, also lasts a shit long of time. Long time. I mean, yeah, you're not going to take a shit for a minute. Like, you're good to go. But I mean, like, yeah, also, also, you're, you're, you're not shitting. You don't need to stop for a shit. And exactly. Also they, can, they, they can last really long. And if you have to shit, just take your poop knife with you. You're good to go. <laughs> um, but all of that said, like... Dude, just do I a think, death stranding and turn your shit into grenades. Simple. I mean, you know, there's enough, I guess, methane or something. I, I feel like at some point you could, I don't know, marinate it and it becomes flammable? I don't fucking know. If you can light cow patties on fire, I'm sure you can find a way to, like, weaponize yeah, that's what a lot shit. of, uh, a lot of you can inmates also make do. And inmates get high off their own methane a lot. So what you do is if you contain your own feces, like when I say, like, air, in an airtight container and you keep on adding to it, eventually there's enough methane in there to get you high. So it's enough to get you high. Yeah, if it's enough to get you high, it's enough to fucking go boom. Well, the other thing, too, is, like, um, if you combine feces and urine and you put it in a jar out in the sun and put a balloon on the top, once that thing's full, you can huff that, and next thing you know, you're having conversations with your fucking ancestors. Yeah. Why is this something that you know? <laughs> um, because, what the fuck? Because P Pickwick did a trip log of him creating and huffing a bunch of jinkum. I mean, if we're on the topic of bodily chemical weapons, did, would chemical weapons work against zombies? No, they're mm. they're already gone. They don't give a fuck. And yeah, I think so short. It doesn't matter. I think as far as quote unquote chemicals go, like it have to be closer to something that melts, kind of like whether it's a fire or something like that, because you're trying to impede what they have on their body physically, considering they don't necessarily need their cardiovascular system to survive. Oh so like napalm. mustard gas. Yeah, so napalm would work, but mustard gas wouldn't. If that yeah, makes sense. Like, too, like is strong, strong acid as well. The, the reason they quit using that shit in World War One and possibly into the beginning of World War Two is you deploy chemical weapons, the wind changes directions, and you just fuck yourself over. Yeah. I swear to God, Alan, if we are in the zombie apocalypse and you have some methane-ass balloon that you're about to throw at a zombie <laughs> and it gets in my face, I am bitch-slapping you with this fucking poop knife. I you're swear to God. You're fucking high to do that. You I'm gonna just... Yeah, you're just gonna you're see a giant fucking... to a tree as bait. Yeah, like, y'all better... Oh my god, I'm just gonna be wildly swinging this poop knife and whatever gets hit gets hit. Like, I'm not about this. I'm not about this at all. Um, okay, so, yeah, so, so like, we, what about you? Oh, wait, what's up, Riglu? Yeah, so like, back, going back to protein bars, like, in terms of like how much you can carry them, like, compare them to MRE, basically. Like, your, your, your main thing that, that you were saying is MRE. Like, the size of MRE. Is basically like whole pack of fucking protein bars, and one MRE lasts you for how much? Like one pack for like three days, maybe if you don't eat much. But well, the whole pack of just, protein it has enough caloric intake uh, or calories in it to to get through the recommended daily. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, so one day, and with a whole pack of fucking protein bars, the size of MRE, you can basically survive a whole fucking week or even longer. I mean, I feel like there's a give and take there because if you're looking at the average caloric intake of a protein bar, which you said is approximately 600 calories, 600 calories. But 
if you're if you are uh, doing either walking or light jogging or even running, and you're burning that quickly, compared and you're trying to carry some sort of weight as well, you're also burning those calories quickly. So I feel like there is a give and take on the calorie density of an MRE comparative to its weight to a protein bar comparative to its weight. Like it's it's I guess at that point it almost becomes an individual choice. I mean not really. One. Not really cuz like you need basically three bars and you are good to go for a whole day. I don't I don't have the self control to run a whole day on just three. Like the last time I tried that for a um a camping trip where I knew the bathroom was not going to be a good idea. Like I'd, I'd start off like I'm just going to have two right now and then it's like okay, I went through four of them. Uh, yeah, that might not be good. <laughs> yeah, like, like, uh, but like, theoretically, theoretically, I mean, not theoretically, you can last one day with only a three bars, which also they are way lighter than MRE packs. Yeah, they are way lighter, and you can fit a ton of them on you. Yeah. And I will say though, I fuck with some Cliff bars. I don't work out anymore. So like, <laughs> also, I'm can just I just saying. say that? Um... Canned canned uh, foods also tend to have water, which is an extremely important resource compared to food. True enough. Like canned goods would be really good if you found a place in your and you're like hunkering down, right? Well, yeah. As long or if you can lug them around, as long as you got something that can lug them. So here's something interesting. Um, most cities have those elevated water tanks. And that's there because that's higher than pretty much all of the uh, pipe works in the city. Yeah. So that water will continue flowing without power for quite some time. And there are some power plants. Um, if you've got a hydroelectric dam that can run autonomously for months after the shit fully hits the fan, uh, life after people covered uh, the Hoover dam and how long it would take for that to break down. So water may not be as big of a concern as you think it is, at least for long enough to set up your own filtration unit or get yourself into a better place. See, this is why like, I feel like, at least for those of us in Georgia, a safe place to go to is potentially Savannah, if only, or uh, Augusta. I don't think Savannah, I'm wrong. Um, but Augusta, because Savannah nuclear power is right there. Um, and so that'll just keep generating electricity well, without the need of the, the problem with nuclear. And this is also something life after people covered is if the electricity is not getting used after a couple hours, everything autonomously shuts itself down so that the plant doesn't go Chernobyl. Okay. So everybody watch porn. Uh, we, there we go. Like yeah, we're, consuming, pay mate we're consuming electricity. And have a use now using as much electricity as possible. Yeah, so I might just start mining Bitcoin. <laughs> Honestly, if the zombie fire. apocalypse hits the fan, everyone rip out your fucking GPU and go to your nearest nuclear facility, plug in your GPUs and mine something that's useless at that point, and at least you'll keep the power. I mean, running. they're useless at this point, anyways. I mean, look, we're gonna piss off some sort of crypto bro, and then they're gonna get mad at us. So oh, we can get into that all you want. I'll tell you exactly the whole scheme. I sell my voice on the internet. I'm all. I have every reason to be pissed off at those losers. I mean, okay, that's. That's fair. Uh, I can walk you step by step to the NFT scheme. It's not complicated. Well, oh, I, I feel like NFTs, the NFT scheme. Trust I me. I feel like NFTs are just modern day uh, money laundering. Like it's the same they thing as the art. They literally are. Yeah, like they're, it's just like, schemes. 
Yeah, like if you if okay. So I was taught the history of money laundering through fine art from uh, a couple of friends who are either attached to or in the art world. Like I'm talking fine art as well, not just like, hey, I shit on a painting. I mean, that's Jackson Pollock, so whatever. But like, you know, um, like I'd say Jackson Pollocks are more akin to, um, more akin to to like I don't know. A masturbation room with a group black light, basically. I mean, basically. But the thing is, is that you have people who basically up the value of something that's inherently worthless just to launder money behind the sale of that thing. And so NFTs are now the electronic way to do the same thing. And, you know, yeah, I'm probably... Um, Gary Vee, like the biggest internet influencer when it comes to NFTs, who's also just the craziest fucker in the world. And God, is he just so fucking weird he uh gathered like 30 super rich people to invest in an nft to raise its value artificially mm-hmm. yeah that's that exactly sounds about the whole, right no that's exactly and, the whole scheme so and that's exactly how art laundering worked back mm-hmm. in the day but okay um before we deviate because i see it coming <laughs> um, or i could talk about that topic for hours bro i mean oh maybe, yeah we should probably maybe, do that next time is schemes I think, money I schemes. Think what we'll do is yeah we'll cover like uh art schemes or like we might do the next episode on fraud in general whether it's ponzi hey, look, schemes look, i have a mind of a criminal so i i know what their angle is. Like, <laughs> we just need to make sure that you don't we need to make sure you don't incriminate yourself or any of the quote-unquote family that doesn't exist that nothing like that gets incriminated or whatever. Oh, it's all good. But family, okay. I don't know what you're yes. talking about. Like, but, um, okay. So yeah. swinging back to zombie shit, because we do this all the time. Um, See, and it's that's the how appeal, this baby. episode got started, okay? I mean, yeah, and I was going to say, like, uh, if this is your first time you're listening to one of our podcast episodes, or it's your first time tuning in while we're recording it live... We do this every episode. We go off on random fucking tangents in the middle of what the fuck we're talking about. If that's your jam, awesome. If not, I'm sorry. All of us have ADHD or some variant of, you know, that. And that's just what we do. I'm I'm not going to apologize for it. That's who we are. But- I guarantee you Fat Minotaur 666 just sat up at the word ADHD and yelled, look a squirrel. I mean, hey. Or, whoo, shiny. But, uh, Spatuli, what is your food ration of choice? To make it to the the group of survivors. Oh, it's fucking simple, right? It's definitely cans of tomatoes, uh, definitely pickled garlic, and just flour. Because with that, all I need is a little bit of water, and I'm making sauce and pasta in the woods. Simple. I all saw that coming. I was going to say, when Spatuli said, oh, it's simple, I was like, yep, he's going to have some eggs, he's going to make some pasta <laughs> no, from scratch. I, I didn't add eggs because <laughs> I won't be able to do that. They don't, they don't hold, right? So, no, but with just canned tomatoes, some pickled garlic, and some flour, I could literally make Sunday sauce every day of the week. And I could, like, I could, you could stretch that out for, like, two weeks with minimal, minimal carry load. Seriously. Uh, and, and some of the finest Italian pasta made is just water and flour. They don't put eggs in it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other thing. And I think we talked about this during our food episode where, like, Italian food at a restaurant is extremely fucking expensive just because you're investing into the time and or physicality it takes to make the thing. But the cost of ingredients, if you have them, aren't that expensive. And like, from my understanding, now Spatuli might reach through here and strangle me if I'm wrong, but 
Italian traditional Italian food seems to me the same way that old traditional Indian food is, where you cooked it for the necessity of the caloric intake before you go back out and you're just on the farm or you're doing something heavily, uh, heavily, you know, physical, uh, physical labor wise. So like, it's basically at some point considered like the, the workers person food where mm-hmm. it's easy, it's cheap and you just eat it and you go. Now, I don't know if I'm right or wrong about that, Spatuli, so you tell me. No, yeah, you're right. But it, there's like, I would assume same with Indian food. There's different layers to it. So like, um, like Neapolitan style cooking is definitely more higher than Sicilian cooking, um, just because of you know the actual class of person, right? Um, for example, like most a lot of Southern Italy and Sicily, and especially Sardinia, um, it's you know back in the day they were all workers, you know, working fields, uh, making things. And their meals were super simple and about sustenance instead of in being enjoyed. It was always still enjoyed, like uh, from a from a different perspective. But it wasn't be like, oh, I'm gonna add this, I'm gonna add that. No, I'm just gonna cook what I have because I need food. But it's still enjoyable. It's 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 uh, it's weird, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, yeah. Because you literally go a couple hundred miles, you know, north to central Italy from Sicily. And the food has twice as much as many ingredients, and the flavor is still the same, just with more ingredients because they had more money. Yeah, that's the thing with Indian food too. Like old traditional Indian food down, like because I went to go visit where my dad grew up, and the, these are literally villages where the huts are made with like straw and mud. And I, yeah, basically, I mean, if you took a poop knife, you could just cut out a window. Like, but like the thing <laughs> is, is that. I'm gonna keep making poop knife references, so fuck y'all. You made no. this happen. No, uh, I didn't. I had no okay, Totally worth it. But um, like, I got to experience where my where my dad was, you know, raised. Like, and these are huts that I, when I went and I was eight years old, I could barely fit in the thing because even as an eight year old, I was a big kid. And these are little mud and straw huts, and so like the food that you found there, it's what I guess here in the Western side of the world, people would be like, yes, it's so rustic, (laughs) but no, like, yeah, like fuck that. Like it's, it's basically you're eating just to survive and move on with your labor. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, if I have beans and some sort of flour, whether it's chickpea flour, soybean flour, whatever kind of flour, I just like spatuli, I'm set because from those food traditions, you learn a vast myriad of how to combine that, you know, and make something simple, nutritious, yep. and move on. So yep. I, I completely understand that. And, and then, I think uh, the biggest thing to make about flour, right? You can carry a lot of it, and it doesn't go bad if it's in an airtight container or air, air sealed, right? But not only can you make pasta with it if you have like a, a you know, source to boil water, but you can also make what's called hardtack. Hardtack is what they use in the Civil War. It's basically a biscuit with 2% water, and it lasts forever. Yeah, not to mention, you can basically take that, whether it's, again, like, I think it's corn flour is what you need for it, but, like, you can basically use one of the tools that you may have in your kit, whether it is a combat shovel, like one of those collapsible shovels, you sit there and you take like your corn flour with some water or whatever, you put that on a fire and now you've made little cakes that will just hold. And they're 
protein dense, they're nutritious as shit, they're calorie dense, and it requires what? Two ingredients at most, yep. right? So you do have options when you have a little bit of cooking knowledge. I'm um, going to go uh, ahead and say this much. Well, it's your turn anyway. Spatuli, if it gets to the point where I'm forced to eat hardtack, I'm just going to walk into the horde. <laughs> um, well, you got to have tea for it, though. You can't. <laughs> by the way, I think I can speak for Tony. We all know what he'd be carrying alongside his MREs. So a I death muffin? A little bit of hot sauce? Cockroach milk? Oh, <laughs> and you. Hey, no, but hold on, hold on. I, I, you know, I thought about this, and I wasn't going to say it at the beginning of the podcast because I want to open up another can of worms. But check this out. If the fat content in roach milk is high enough, you could make cheese. You could, yes. God <laughs> fucking damn it. Which means, right? Hold on, hold on. Which means we can make cheese curds to make cockroach milk cheese poutine. <laughs> can we? Can we? Can, can, can we just fucking stop? <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't like that. Like, I don't like. Me again to come? What? No, and that's, yeah, so, like, if you, for any of you who are, again, listening to us live for the first time, we apologize, or whatever, but uh, you were if you warned. go back, if you go back a handful of episodes, we talked about cockroach, I forgot how it came up, but cockroach milk, and how it is possible to create, number one, sustainable protein by drying out bugs, grinding them out into flour, and then you can make bread, to the point where it's actually being done, I think, with, like, locusts and grasshoppers and shit. And it's helping feed a lot of like villages that normally cannot afford protein dense food. This is a thing that's happening currently in the world. When we were talking about this, Tony brought up the fact that you can also get milk from cockroaches. And ever since then, it's almost been brought up every single episode at this point, but it is possible to get milk, milk from a cockroach. So you don't have to sit there and, you know, on an almond to make milk. Now, instead of inhumanely, inhumanely milking almonds, I guess, you can get it from a car. I hate everything I've just Are said. Are you pronouncing it almonds? Almond, almond. Oh, no, okay, we're throwing him at the car on. like that Snickers commercial. You have bro. to, no, hold on. You have to remember I'm from a hybrid family. Like, both of my parents. Fair were, enough. Yeah, before they immigrated here to the States, they studied in English medium schools, like Queen's English. So there's a reason I don't have a Southern accent, even though I was born and raised in the Deep South. Like, I was, I'm from the original fucking capital of Georgia, like the home of the South, right? And it, because of their accents, and then me growing up around people who had that deep South twang that Fat Balls and Biggin have, they hit each other so hard that they've negated one another. And so I end up weird with how I pronounce some words like almond or almond, or also <laughs> boot or trunk. Like, it's a lot of weird things that happen when I speak. And it's, I get called out on this shit all the time. Anyway, Biggin. Everyone hears my accent and I don't. It's weird. I, hey, I feel uh, the same. I feel the same. Fucking and, <laughs> and until I like exaggerate it and do all that stuff right there, like I couldn't tell you that I have an accent. I just sound normal to me. I I could fucking tell you. But oh, man, uh, I know that. that. I've heard myself. <laughs> I've heard recordings of myself. I'm like, wow, I sound like cornbread. 
<laughs> but if you want to, since we're talking, since it's on you anyway, Biggin, what is your ration of choice to make it to your group of survivors? Um, we've already mentioned MREs. I like MREs. Um, they're, you know, it's, it's a good solid option. Another one that you can look into, um, if you go to like Academy sports, um, you can go back in the camping section and they have these like mountain house, they call it mountain house adventure meals. And they're, they're kind of like an MRE. They're like freeze dried food, you know? Um, I can go ahead and tell you, you can probably fit about mm, 30 to 40 of them in a five gallon bucket. Cause I have a buddy that has a five gallon bucket that's slapped full of them in case of situations like we're talking about. Um, but uh, even looking on Academy site, they have a it's a grab and grow entree bucket. It's 150 bucks. It has 60 servings of food in it. It's just si or just a little over seven pounds. It's a bucket. You could literally grab that and go, and that's enough food to eat for a week. So we did have a comment that came through, and uh, pop tarts were brought up as well. Now I could see pop tarts potentially, but. The problem that I have with Pop-Tarts is that I don't think they're as nutritionally dense as you would as one would need and in fact the amount of sugar that you get while it may help with the little bit of energy you might need to like start getting to, say, to where you're, you're going have a fucking massive sugar crash and that is yeah, like you want in a survival situation. Yeah, you definitely don't want diabetes when you're out in the woods. Exactly. Well, yeah, cuz then you got to sit around asking zombies like, "Yo, you got some of that insulin though." Like <laughs> So no, that you'll, might you'll be... make the toilet paper epidemic happen all over again because when you shit, you're gonna be shitting bricks. Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey, which it's... one of you zombies bit Wilford Brimley? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you just you just hook up a syringe and there you go. But um, I think one thing that all of us actually skipped over is peanut butter, and it just came to me like peanut butter peanut is or honey, really? Uh, yeah, or peanut butter and or honey, or as we talked about a couple episodes ago, honey, uh, honey, honey peanut butter. Like, because well, you get a lot of the calories you need. Ah, that's if you want to stumble around like a zombie, you start drinking some honey vodka. Bro, <laughs> then you can um, then you can fucking sneak around without the no. But actually, honey is a really good thing because honey is naturally antiseptic and it's and it never goes bad. Ever. That's what I was about to say too. Is that honey? Like, and again, for those of you who haven't played Dying Light two, besides obviously fucking Riglu because he made it. But I don't know um, what you're talking about. <laughs> don't but, call that guy um, who is Red Blue. You can collect honey in that game to create poultices or medicine, basically, to heal your character. And honey, like like Spatuli said, is really good, number one, to consume. But number two, if you do get a wound or something like that, you can slather some fucking honey on there and go, thereby saving yourself a couple of different resources. Because a lot of the people who are survivalists quote unquote, we'll be like, all right, well, you can keep some duct tape and super glue and you'll be fine. But you kind of need duct tape and super glue for construction and stuff like that or repair. So you can save yourself. I, I, huh? just dro I just dropped something that anybody that's, I would recommend anybody have this just in case fucking something you know, happens, you know, whether emergency, power outage, anything like that. I just dropped it in podcast planning. Um, it's 25 bucks. And it's a three-day, essentially, meal kit. Um, it comes with four servings of potato soup, four or eight servings of oatmeal, four servings of chicken-flavored rice, 
and four servings of mac and cheese. Um, it's very compact. It's, you know, easy to keep. And all you got to do is, you know, have some kind of heat source, which is whether it's, you know, a fire or anything like that and a little bit of water. And realistically, you probably wouldn't even need the fire to heat it up. You could probably just do the water in a like worst case scenario. Okay. So, I will say on the, the peanut butter point, the real kick in the baby batter bags there is enough peanut butter to matter is going to get real fucking heavy, real fucking fast and take up a lot of room in any pack that you're carrying. That's the, and if you don't have any water, but you have peanut butter, you're going to freaking cement your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, those, so those are really, really good points. I think what you could potentially do though, is if you're not going to eat like raw shelled peanuts, then if you do have a couple, then you can just kind of mash them up anyway. And then, you know, Eat them well, that way. Like, I guess. In this situation, one thing I recommend to everybody for cheap, and and you don't have to go out and do it tomorrow, but like you look at like this seventy-two hour kit right here, it's twenty-five bucks. Uh, a good first aid kit from like a camping supply store, like Academy or anything like that, will probably run you thirty or forty bucks. You know, and um, you can get them on Amazon. They're called a Life Straw. And it's literally a water filtration system that you can carry oh, yeah, in a those, backpack. Those things have got a lot of fucking good press. Exactly. So, like, get you, and I, I can't, I can't even remember. I can look it up real quick. Um, but like, there's your water problem. You don't have to worry about um, carrying around bottled water or anything like this. This will literally filter water that's in a puddle on the ground that you can drink. You know. Yeah, actually, so I did a report on this when I was in high school, or middle school. Yeah, you can It's get, called the Life Straw. Yeah, you can get them for their own uh, Amazon right now for 18 bucks. Yeah, and it's really, really cool because I didn't realize, like, uh, I completely forgot about this until you started talking about it. The Life Straw is actually a phenomenal thing. Number one, if you're just a camper, but number two, like, if, if, if you know, shit hits the fan or whatever and you need to get adequate water for yourself or whoever you're with... This life straw is a phenomenal fucking product because I've never once before this thing occur uh, came into existence. You really couldn't trust, especially, and again, we're talking about it down here in the South where there are giant lakes and rivers that you may turn into an amalgam of a monster if you ingest any of the water. Uh, but you can take this life straw and dunk it in the water and drink from the life straw and you're fine. Yeah. And it's I mean, fucking bonkers. Even right here, like I was looking on Amazon just now, just seeing how much it was. They have a it's a life straw advanced water filter gravity bag. It's a gallon bag that's like gravity fed with a life straw at the bottom of it. You can literally just dunk the bag in the water, pick it up, hang it up on a tree, and you have a gallon of water. And every time you need more water, dunk it in and hang it up so yeah it's really it's you know, really stuff, cool stuff like, like yeah like you've got it pulled up right there like you know a- around a hundred bucks and you could have you know a good survivable setup yeah so i think that solves any kind of issue where it's like oh shit i need to get water well there you go like number one from the straw itself which is like i think anywhere from 30 to 50 bucks to the gallon one which is around a hundred bucks you now have an extremely reasonable way to maintain a source of fresh water in a uh, situation oh, like no, that, this. That gallon one's only forty forty one dollars. Oh yeah, I and was it, looking at the elite pack or something. Yeah, an individual life straw is like eighteen bucks. 
Now we did we did get to uh, a comment in chat where Minotaur said I got the water purification pills. I hated those. God, yeah. Oh my god, the flame like granted if it's an oh shit situation, fine, like I get it, like I have to drink whatever the fuck it is to survive. I am capsules. But oh my god, oh. they do not taste good. <laughs> like ugh. But uh the next thing we're going to jump into is going to be, and I know Alan is about to shit a brick of happiness because we've he's been wanting to talk about this for a long time. But we're going to get into knives, blades, all kinds of pointy objects that you will need to survive an inherent situation, whether uh, for whatever myriad of uses that could be. So we're going to have knives and swords kind of in the same realm of topic as we chit chat today. And if there are some that get brought up and I'll, I'll pull them up on the side and then put them on screen for us to look at, but we're not going to be talking about the bougie kind of knives that Akil takes to weddings just to flex on people. We're not talking about those. We're talking about the kinds of knives that you take in and like, okay, I need to survive with this or these are the pros and cons of having this kind of knife or whatever. So we're going to start or with as Yanni. Crocodile Dundee would put it, this is a knife. Exactly. I could honestly see you with a fucking Bowie knife, though. But I wouldn't be Crocodile Dundee. I'd be Crocodile Dundiff. Oh, my God. All right. So Crocodile Dundee, don't give a shit. Um, don't, don't give a shit. What, uh, what kind of knife would you, uh, would you take with you, Yanni, and why? Uh, uh, being honest, just straight up a, a Bowie knife. Yeah, I mean, they're they're. I, it's I'm, a not, large I'm not surface. a knife person at any capacity. All I know is a Bowie knife's big and it's efficient, and you can use it for a lot of things. So, and honestly, it. the edge the edge on a Bowie knife is not that hard to sharpen. So, as long as you have a little bit of knowledge on how to sharpen a knife, you'll be good with a big fucking Bowie. Not to mention the amount of weight that's just behind a Bowie knife in and of itself, is enough to get through most things. Um, and the cool thing about it is with the tip that you have on a Bowie knife, you can do a little bit of finesse cutting if you have to, like, field dress an animal or just, do, like, huh? Just the tip, though. Just the tip. Uh, but yeah, like, so a Bowie knife is a good idea. Um, I'm going to bring up one that Alan consistently loves to hate on because he doesn't like it. But... I know a couple of friends literally use this particular knife that I'm going to show um, <clears throat> to get a to field dress a deer, for example, right? Well, um, I, don't, I don't hate the knife. It's just it doesn't have the kind of looks that I appreciate. I love everything no, else can, about it. That's fair. So for me, um, I have one of these. It's called a ZTO350. It's one of the most durable blades that I own. Um, and again, I can't, this is just a disclaimer for everybody who's either watching or whatever. Like, well, why don't you show us yours? I can't. Twitch TOS, TOS bitch. Yeah, Twitch TOS prevents me from showing any of my knives or anything like that on stream. Um, and so the best I can do is show them on screen. Uh, but the ZT0350 is a knife made by Zero Tolerance Knives. It's a very strong folding knife that you can keep in your pocket. It's not too heavy. The blade and the way it's rounded gives it a lot of weight if you're trying to cut into something, as well as enough air surface area if you're trying to, again, and I cannot say this enough. I have friends who like field dress like animals with this thing, right? And I cannot stress this enough. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm, pfft, 
No, no one's going <laughs> to sponsor me. What the fuck? I'm wearing a shirt that says, show me your kitties. Like, whatever. Kitties? Um, yeah, it says, show me your kitties instead of titties. Kitties. Yeah, no. Um, like but the thing is, is that this is a solid folding knife that will be good for, like, everyday kind of use. It will take a beating and just keep going. To the point that uh, I don't think uh, Oliver is in chat here, but literally he has horses and goats and a, a, a fucking farm, essentially, and uses his daily in a very, very rough environment that would, you know, break most things. And it's the size of a fucking pocket knife. Like, that's, it is a, it is a pocket knife. So it's not going to weigh anything. It's right on your purse and everything like that. Now, for me, the other blade I would carry is, let me uh, pull it up here. Um, but it's called a kukri. And the reason why me Kukri's and are good. Yes. So the reason I would I would take a kukri with me is because there's so much weight behind the blade that if I need to chop down some wood, let's say for a fire or you know a, a potential shelter, whatever it may be, the edge of a kukri is actually not that sharp. They're not supposed to be. It's an edge that all of the weight and force you put behind it are going to be doing the work. You're not sharpening oh. it for finesse. You're keeping it clean and simple so that the driving force behind the wedge is doing the work. They're lightweight to carry, and they have been carried by like but farmers. The baddest motherfuckers in the world, too. Yes, they are all. Yeah, I was about to say that. So some of the baddest uh, special operations like motherfuckers out there uh, the Nepalese Gurkhas carry this on the small of their back. It's also, also, if I have to get into a fight with a zombie, and I, number one, don't want to attract zombies with the noise of a firearm or anything like that, a kukri is very good at removing limbs, or if you flip it around and use the spine of the blade, you can just crack through things as well. Which again, it's, you can use the back end of a kukri as a hammer, whatever you need it to. A kukri is a sharpened hammer. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the thing is, it was just used to like huck grains. It like almost like the kama from all the way in China, where it was used to 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 cut grain. It's a similar methodology behind why this thing exists, and now it's a phenomenal tool to use in a survival sense. So I actually have one, maybe, that um, I, it does strap either to my pack or I can wear it on the small of my back as well. Um, so Kukri and the ZTO350 are definitely the ones that I would take with me amongst everything else that I own, allegedly. Um, allegedly. For allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so yeah, uh, Fatballs, what about you? So I have a bit of a trifecta I'm going to drop in the uh, podcast planning discord. Okay, I was um, going to say, if you also just talk about them, I can look them up on the side and show them on screen as well. But uh, so your discretion. The first one I'm dropping is the RAO Extrema Ratio 2, or the Extrema, Extrema Ratio RAO 2. And this knife is an absolute fucking tank. Um, the pin there at the, the beginning of the blade that drops in there and turns it into a fixed blade when you need it. Um, and that is for, you know, general purpose work. Um, it's an absolute fucking monster. It will take 
anything you throw at it. Um, there are videos of destruction tests on that thing that are nuts. Um, the second blade to cover heavier work is going to be the Topps Storm Vector. Um, this knife is made out of a 1095 steel, um, which is very, very good general purpose. Uh, that thing has been hammered through bricks. It's been hammered through frying pans and taken no significant edge damage. And it is an absolute huge chopping beast. Um, same principle as the Kukri. Um, that being said, it's going to be more versatile than the Kukri. Like I've, I've got a couple myself and I've played with the Kukris. And yeah, that, that, that uh, edge geometry doesn't lend itself to finer cutting. And the third one out of nowhere is this brush axe. Um, you have a giant hawkbill on the end of a three-foot pole. You get just about all the cutting power of an axe, all the maintenance of a machete, and reach. That thing will cut a head clean off. It will cut a skull clean in half. You can use it to breach doors, and uh, you can also use it to cut stuff out of trees that you need. I mean, it's incredibly versatile, incredibly durable. And, uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. And that's, you know, kind of about the limits of what you want to be carrying for weight on top of your pack, too. Honestly, that's like a modern-day halberd. And I didn't even think about that, number one, because I've never had to really use a brush axe. Everything I've carried is like a machete or smaller. But that's a really good tool that I didn't even consider having. Yeah, I like can, that. You can cut through doors with that shit. I mean, you do everything you need to. And then when it's beat up, you just sharpen it with a rock because it's the thickness of a machete. So here's something that might break your brain as far as um, that first knife that you showed off, the folding and or a steel uh, straight uh, edge one. Two. Yeah, so this is called the Beowulf by Midgard's Messer. Um, so this it's got knife, the pin towards the top of the blade. I can see it. Yep, and so the pin allows it, like if you want to transform your blade from a folding knife to a fixed blade, if like for whatever purpose you would need it to. And again... Unless you're in some sort of camping uh, scenario or whatever, like I've seen people dunk on a knife like this before because they're like, oh, well, why would you need to have it as a fixed blade? Bitch, your pivot point is a weak part of your blade. If you need to make a, a straight blade that's not going to wiggle at any point while you're doing strenuous work on that knife, you don't want to put all of that torsion on one, uh, on one hinge or whatever you want to call it. So this allows you to fix that blade in place and distribute all the strain equally along the blade, which makes it a, a phenomenal one, just like the one you showed as well. So this one is sold out, uh, sold out but it's like 349 euro from what I'm seeing. Um, which is probably but, closer to 450, 500 American. Yeah, let me... Oh, well, okay. I just translated the page into... Uh, uh, English instead of German, but it, the price is the same. So yeah, I, and, and I mean the, the REO two is also quite expensive. I do want that in my collection, but it ain't going to be anytime soon. And you know, for for a knife that small, like you can do a lot of things like batoning, striking fire steels, and, and all that stuff, and do a lot of big knife work as well as be able to do smaller knife work. And uh, you know, I mean, you could get away with that just by itself in most circumstances. But you do want something a little bigger backing it up. Yeah, uh, like one of the things I almost selected as uh, one of the blades I would bring with me in the zombie apocalypse is uh, a sword cane. But not like the ones you see at like Renaissance Fair where the steel bends the moment you look at it. Like 
I'm talking about an actual solid cane sword. Because number one, if you need to splint someone's leg or arm or whatever, you do have a very straight item that you can use to splint it. If you need to also use a walking stick to help scale where you're walking, it's a good idea. And then the conversion into a solid steel blade is a good idea. However, you run the risk again of like, if you don't know how to sharpen it, take care of it, anything like that, you're going to fuck up your blade and it doesn't have the amount of versatility or weight as your brush halberd. Yes, does. So, yeah. And, and Jerry did mention cold steel, and if you're not going to do like an extreme erasure or something like that, cold steel makes the monsters that are almost as strong. Yeah, and like, the cold, like cold steel's entire article of whether they are kukuris, brush axes, whatever. Like, I know people like to talk shit about cold steel and everything like that, but honestly, like, it's pretty fucking solid. So if you need to get something and it's for survival, why, why shit on something and then spend extra money and then not know how to care for the thing you just bought? Like, I think, I think I've got, like, five cold steel machetes. There's the machete Bowie, the machete, uh, the 300 sword in machete form, the cavalry saber in machete form, and there's one or two others that I can't remember right this second. But, uh, Coats here. Yes. What about yourself? What kind of steel would you be bringing into, uh, into the zombie apocalypse? Oh, God. Um, I would have to agree with a couple of the ones that have already been said. Definitely a machete, and absolutely a kukri, in place of a machete if I couldn't get one. Like, well, actually, the kukri would probably be the better of the two, obviously. Um, because of its versatility and everything like that. Um, I like the sword cane, sword cane idea uh, a lot, uh, especially if you like meet other survivors and they become hostile and don't suspect you have a weapon. Um, because that's always good, and I'm paranoid as fuck. Oh fuck! What else? Um, hold on a minute. Let me think. Um, that would be great. Uh, good old fashioned K bar. Because those things again, versatile as fuck. Honestly, um, you can't you can't go wrong with a K bar either. And like, like you worked, really can't. I worked you know? for the company that made them. Like, oh, I nice. know. I like we did a restoration on one of them that served, I think, in World War Two. Um, so it was like a gift back to the family once the restorations and stuff were completed. And the family gave me the replacement modern day one. Oh, wow. And they just kept the original. So I have, with the uh, EGA, the uh, Eagle Globe and Anchor for the Marine Corps, like it's stamped on the leather sheath of the one I have because it's one that was supposed to see service. That's so um, cool. Yeah, it was gifted by the family. It was really cool. But those things can go through anything. Like, oh, holy yeah. fucking shit. They're dope as fuck. Like, I have one, I didn't even, I should have considered it, but considering the, like, the weight capacity I'm looking at here, like, if I've got a kukri and a folding blade, I guess maybe I'll keep a K-bar on me as well, but I, mm, I might save that space for something like a brush axe if I'm going to take on more weight as it is. But anyway, sorry to interrupt, go ahead. No, that's fine. I mean, and, and the K-bar is actually super lightweight too, right? Like, honestly. Um, it really is. And so, I mean, I would definitely, rec- uh, I would definitely probably pack that in my, uh, in my, in my repertoire, so to speak, um, a kit, I suppose you'd call it, uh, fuck, what else? 
Brush Axe would be good. Um, we're talking steel specific. Because, like, a fucking axe would fucking cave in a head as much as fell a tree. And it'll yep. probably, and an axe will take down a tree faster than a fucking kukri will. Right? Yep. That, so, I fair. mean, honestly. Uh, hey, like, uh, what else? Uh, gotta be something else here. I was thinking as we were talking about it, because everybody's mentioned pretty much everything that I've already mentioned. That's um, cool. Uh, fuck. And, and if we're talking about uh, like any kind of steel, uh, fuck, man. Taking me a cast iron fucking pan. Cast iron pa- a cast iron pan for cooking pretty much anything could act as a fucking weapon out in the wilds and shit like that. They're going to be pretty well easy enough to take care of. I mean, yeah. yeah, you're supposed to keep them oiled and seasoned and shit, but I mean, if you're using it every day and you're making sure that it's clean every day, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that would probably be a really, really good fucking handy thing to have. So one of the things that's going to be coming up that we're talking about is tools that we would take with us. That's and on the I list. Agree. And okay. I didn't see that yeah. on the list. No, no, no. That's okay. Attention. Um, and if anything, if any of you have seen the movie Tangled, then you know it's how also versatile beating the shit out of things with a cast iron pan is. It's so actually one of my favorite that. fucking Disney movies. Yeah, it's really um, good. Full, full disclosure, like, fucking love that movie. Yeah. Uh, now, in chat, uh, <laughs> Minotaur did say for a pocket knife, the Ontario Rat won. And then Dr. Ghoul also said an axe does run the risk of the handle shattering if you swing it wrong. So... There is, there is that. I don't know. I don't know enough about axes. I don't. I don't chop down trees. I'm not Paul Bunyan. Yeah, I but mean, the, the axe thing was definitely a candidate. But it's the weight and maintenance where the brush axe fixes those two problems pretty well. Well, that plus that hawkbill, like that hawkbill side of the fucking brush axe, like you have now. You're uh, like I think an inch taller than me, which means your reach with that with that brush axe two handed is putting you at about what six? No, with the brush axe you're probably at around eight feet of reach. Well, it's probably closer to five feet because I mean you got to consider you're not swinging with both arms at a hundred percent extension and you know body mechanics and all, but still, I mean that's that keeps you out of what's called the triangle of death with zombies. That spot between your hands and your mouth keeps you out of there. There. I think Akil just muted himself. He might have. I did. I did. <laughs> um, so what I was saying is with the brush axe, the recurve that you have uh, when you're swinging it towards fleshy, zombie, bitey things is you're more liable to go ahead and draw in the necular area and just lob off ahead because of the hawkbill design of that brush axe. So, so that's an absolutely solid thing that I'm so jealous I didn't think of. There's a channel, like my uncle showed me the brush axe years and years ago and told me like if shit hits the fan, you've got a breaching tool, you got a weapon, and you got like one of the most useful tools you'll ever own. But eventually a channel called Zombie Go Boom tested the brush axe against a very realistic skull analog, and I mean it just went straight through the skull like a damn laser. That's awesome. Okay, uh, let's get to Riglu, the game designer, or one of the designers and uh, developers behind Dying Light 2. Yes, I'm going to say this every time Riglu gets Bro, brought stop, up, by the way. Stop. It's strange. It's strange. <laughs> um, yeah, so besides a poop knife, Riglu, what kind of <laughs> knives would you uh, take against the zombie horde? And if you have specifics, just say them, and I'll pull them up on stream. Uh, a cock knife? Uh, I mean, <laughs> no. 
Uh, I mean, like I have it myself. I I know it's really hard to get because it was designed from literally from from for me, and I put up with the design because I wanted that shade. Because like every every time that we are considering weapons in zombie game, we need to bring like something like and you need to you need to think about some stupid shade actually to be able to like create some weapons in the game. Uh, and that's one of my designs personally. So basically, it's a kind of like light hammer or light axe, like one-handed light axe, uh, double-edged. I mean, like I'm not talking like double-edged, one-edged, like just a normal axe. The second one just like hammer with the paint with like on the top with like I don't know how to say it. Mm. I forgot how how is it called with, with, with like the sharp pin on the top. Oh, and you're talking about like it comes to a point up at the joint at the top. Yeah, like, kind of like a one-handed halberd, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like one-handed, small, small, small axe hammer, just like that. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good one. That's super useful. Yeah, yeah I, I like know. I like the one the three-in-one multifunction where it's a pry bar instead of a spike because you already got enough uh, offense there. The pry bar is stupid useful. I will throw I will, I will on the podcast planning, so this is kind of how it is, but I'm talking about on the other side, I'm talking about like the hammer side, not the pointy thingy, but only the hammer side and the point thingy on the top, and chopping yeah. axe on the, on, on the front. So basically with that, you, you have bridging weapon, smashing weapon, cutting weapon, and everything, literally everything in one weapon, which is also one-handed, so it might, it, it means it's not that fucking heavy as machete for example that's a good one so one thing i think uh gets slept on a lot and it, it requires a lot of like D knowledge though is there's a weapon called an ergosh in D, where oh, one ergosh. end yeah, yep one end is a hammer the other end is a axe and at the bottom of the staff there it's is actually axe. a spear point like I have it pulled up here on stream. Uh, my my dwarf cleric in D and D actually has one. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you get like in D and D, you get your um, you get your blunt damage, your slashing damage, and your piercing damage in one weapon. But if you want it for a zombie apocalypse style setting, it's also a good way to break off locks or open doors or anything like that with the hammer end. It's a good way to poke things away from you with the spear end. And then if you need to just spin to win or fell a tree or whatever the fuck you want to do, then the axe blade is right there as well. I love the Urgosh style of weapon. And I think that's exactly what Wrigley was talking about. Yeah, where yeah. You've got the spear point, you've got the hammer, and you've got the axe head, which gives you a very... Now, granted, it's heavy, but the amount of versatility that you get from the Urgosh is well worth carrying it on your person. So, I don't know, get but, to the because it's 3 yeah, and yeah. 1, right? Check this out. If it's because it's 3 and 1, let's say the the spear tip breaks off. Well, now you don't got a fucking spear. I mean, so that's that's like, true. The one thing with stuff like this and especially multi-tools in in this range is the more jobs a tool does, the less well it does at each of them. You know, if, if you're trying to ha if you're trying to use the hammer side, there's a really good chance the the pokey bits on the end are going to completely impede the use as a hammer, especially trying to like break locks or bust in doors. 
you know, the, the spear end is going to be a hazard to yourself if you're taking wide swings because, you know, that handle is going to go right past your wrists and, you know, very vital things. Like if it's designed just right, it can serve those purposes okay as long as you're careful. But, you know, it's like it, for the hammer issue, for me personally, I just have a small claw hammer, like a regular 24-ounce hammer, even on a hammer loop and carpenter pants, and then a couple of screwdrivers to cover those needs, you know? Uh, it's it's a lot simpler, and the less tools the job does, the better it does at them. That's a pretty good point. Although, I will say, for Spatuli, I could just see him taking a fucking, you know, 20-pound sledge with him wherever he goes, <laughs> and he's just a fucking tank. So, speaking of... Uh, oh, wait, Riglu, did you have any other bladed weapons or pointy things or anything like that that you would also take with you into the survival realm? I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a hot take. I think that, like slice, slice weapons, are the worst thing that you can take in some apocalypse. Thank you. I was, I was gonna get to that with me. Like ed- any kind of edged weapon. Any kind of slicey uh, edge. I don't know. Whatever you can throw that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because you can't put the worst shape. If go, going by the logic of zombies, if they can bite you and infect you, then it could be bloodborne. So anything that you have to get close to them and slice them with possibly blood coming out of them and getting on you is never good. No, but yeah, I mean, that's... blood force weapons are going to have the same problem because if you hit a zombie hard enough to cave in the skull, it's going to fucking splatter. Oh, so, I agree. Yeah. That's that's yeah. why I'm 100% firearms in a situation like this. Like knives and bladed weapons for tools yeah, and stuff and... like that. But no, for actually like eliminating the threat, no, I won't range. Yeah, yeah like... And, you know, that, that we... was kind of the basis of my knife loadout is these are all tools and one of them is an exemplary weapon if need be. Okay, if and if if we're talking about like other weapons, uh, I think that weapon that is really useful and people don't really think about it is a fucking screwdriver. Actually, screwdriver is like with like. Don't, if Doctor Who has don't, taught me anything. Like don't 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 think of me as a fucking crazy man, but uh, for fun we did tested we did tests on like weapons for the for not not for dying like but only like for fun. So basically, test of weapon and a screwdriver is the easiest one to hit and like literally hit and get out. Like you don't you you, you cannot get stuck with a screwdriver in like that like, let's say in a zombie head. Uh, and a screwdriver will puncture a zombie head, and you just stir that real good, and you've destroyed enough of the brain that you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, 10,000 hours of watching, like, you know, murder mystery TV shows have taught me anything, it's that improvised shivs happen a lot from screwdrivers. And they can help in many situations, from prying to opening locks to wedging open, like, doors and all that kind of shit. So that's Riglu is absolutely correct. Like I didn't even think about a fucking screwdriver for fuck's sake. Like I'm sitting there thinking about what big bad things I could potentially bring with me, and I didn't forget about the itty bitty screwdriver that'll actually do a lot of service for your survival. So that's absolutely that's, solid. That's part yeah. of where we were heading towards tools. You know, um, that was oh shit yeah that is for tools yeah, yeah yeah you're right. I mean like is it like it's a it's a weapon? It can I mean be. I guess it's both. You know, mo- most stabbing deaths don't occur with, like, knives like me and a kill by. They're, like, 
screwdrivers, fucking yeah, tools okay, laying around, then, kitchen knives, stuff like that. Yeah, but like knives are pretty bad at stabbing. You know that. Do not you? my knives. That's not why you carry them, though. Yep. I, th- I think you don't understand how hard is it to pull a knife out of a skull. I think you don't know how hard it is. Do you know how hard it is? Yeah, I know, because I literally said like about like three minutes ago that we did a four fun tests on like skulls and shit like that. And I want to go stab some skulls now. And pulling out a knife out of a skull is literally impossible or either really, really fucking hard. So if you will stab zombie in the head with your knife, there is probably uh, about um, 90% chance that you're losing that knife. Well, that's why, like, in World War II, they had those triangular knives that were just a point. There was no edge on them because they punctured shit and came back out easy. They were trying yeah, to get through it's, skulls and trench coats and everything else. It was outlawed after, like, it was globally outlawed. You cannot use the Jagged Commando in combat well, anymore. Not, like, not that one. Like, oh. the Jagged Commando was its own thing, but these are just basically long spikes that are kind of triangular so they don't fold over. Oh, the tri-tip whatever, like the tri-tip bayonet edge or whatever? Well, yeah, they'd be very similar to that, and they're just long spikes that, you know, are tough enough to not fold over because they got to go through really heavy trench coats or go through skulls and can't afford to lose that if you're fighting in a trench. That actually reminds me of that copypasta of uh, Ona Musket for Home Defense, where the guy says stab him with a bayonet because he can't patch up those kind of wounds or whatever. Yeah. Hey, ho! Tell you who I see as I fire my canyon at the top of the mountain. Or whatever yeah. the fuck he I is. fire my cannon full of grape shot from the top of the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, so like yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. One of these days I gotta do a reading for, of that for you boys. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. Pulled yes. up, though. Yeah, yes. so like for me, if we are talking about weapons, weapons, it's always gonna be a pull hammer. Because like the reasoning behind it is that, as I said, knives are pretty much useless against zombies. Uh, in terms of like cutting bones and shit like that. But, uh, and they, they can cut flesh, okay, yeah, okay, but like you're not cutting bones with a knife and getting it out. So basically, pull hammers and any pull weapons is really like pull and bashing weapons are really good against zombies. I think it will be because like they, th- their flesh is already fucking so squishy that it doesn't matter how, how good your piercing is, you just need to break the bones, yeah. And uh, bones also destroy edges on most knives, unless you got some weird super steel that costs yeah. you 800 bucks. It yeah, is, so. however, why I did qualify my kukuri with bashing zombies on the spine, not the blade. I did yeah. say that. I just want to go on record here and said, you can use a kukuri as a hammer and a blunt weapon. Just saying. Yeah. But, so like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so like, like if you're talking about like fresh zombie, like he's fresh, fresh return and his, his flesh is good, then yeah, probably cutting weapon will be better to kill him. But if we are talking like just like regular zombies that are already fucking ro- uh, rotten as fuck, you don't give a fuck about cutting, you just need to break them. Yep. So bashing weapons are the best. I kind of like that. Like, I want I want a quote of that on my wall just from Riglu. Like, you don't have to cut them, you just break them. Dash yeah. Riglu. Like, Perfect, yeah. perfect phrase. I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, Who places like, live, like... laugh, love, and kills house. <laughs> um. Okay. So next we have the Man Mountain himself, Spatuli. What would your kit of blades or anything like that be? 
Uh, fairly simple, I think. Uh, definitely like a modified clip point uh, cleaver. Um, that way it's got a nice point on it. It doesn't 90 down to just the, just the blade. That way I can stab something if I need to. And it's a heavy knife. So if I'm, you know, repairing something to eat or I got to gut through bone easily, just, you know, one chop done. Um, probably, eh, definitely yeah, like a small hatch. It doesn't need to be a full axe. Um, and then I think for like quick and easy, uh, you know, and this is altercations with other people and I wouldn't see zombies, but like, I don't know. I definitely say like a, uh, like a maybe five, six inch Tonto keep on the side. You're good to go. That's really simple. And I think like, you know, because you prepare meals fresh almost every single day, you know, your versatility with how you would use one of those is going to dramatically be different than what most people would use those same exact knives for. Mm-hmm. So I could I could see that. That's fair. I think also like with you could probably get away with something similar to what Yanni said with a good Bowie knife, just because if you want the extra heft, just in case you need to like do something a little more blunty with it. And uh and or finesse with it. Like you can probably get away with both using a a pretty decent Bowie. Yeah, and like I was thinking about Bowie first, and then he said it, and then I was thinking about K-Bar, and then and someone else said it. So I was like, oh, fuck. But to me, like I think the difference between either like a K-Bar or a Bowie, at least especially for cooking in general, with a cleaver, you could literally do everything you need to do in cooking and then butcher. It's really hard to butcher like proper like process an animal with uh, a Bowie or a uh, or a K bar if you plan on going through bones and or joints uh, because obviously like a cleaver edge is is pretty thick it's almost like a fucking axe so it could take that abuse over and over and over again and not warp yeah I mean honestly I could see that so that's completely fair and then Biggin what about yourself. Um, probably a K bar. I know it's already been said before. I'd have a K bar, a, uh, the Gerber downrange Tomahawk. Look it up because it's very, very versatile and, you know, it's an axe for one, but it's got a a lot of other versatilities to it. And then just whatever pocket knife I happen to have, like, keep it simple. Like, you know, like me and Wrigley was talking, I'm I'm not going to go like weapons, defense or anything like that. I'm not going to go any kind of melee. Like, if I can get semi-within arm's reach, I'm too close. So, tools, really. It's, it's you know, this tomahawk, axe, whatever, a K-bar for cutting stuff up good, and um, uh, a pocket knife. Yeah, I actually like this uh, Gerber Downrage tomahawk as well. Like, that looks really good for every purpose you would need it for. Yep. Um, and that pry bar near the end is actually really clean. I like that. Um, I will also say, uh, since you brought up Tomahawk and I forgot. So at a wedding of my buddy, who's a former, uh, combat medic, he gave all of his groomsmen party a quote unquote letter opener and they were, uh, SOG Tomahawks. Like, hold on, let me see. SOG makes so, some good one too. SOG makes a tactical spear. Do they really? Yes. So the SOG Tomahawk 
looks like, where is it? That one. Oh, oh, I didn't want to click on the one to buy it. Just want to look at it. So there we go. So I have this and it's actually underneath the driver's seat of my car. Um, but like, it's got a really good, like chopping point, a really good, like wedge point as well. It doesn't have the pry capability the way that yours does, but there is a, a knife manufacturer out there by the name of Hoffman. And he is the only person, like the only knife maker I know that produces a knife that is lifetime warrantied as a pry bar. So that is something if you're considering it, um, if you want a large fixed edge that you can use to like bang into shit, uh, cut shit with and pry shit with, it does serve a purpose. Like, hold on, let me see if I can uh, show it to you guys, if I can find a photo. Yep, there it is. So the beast is right here. Um, this is the Hoffman beast. And again, full warranty to be used as a pry weapon, which nothing else is. There is not another knife out there, to my knowledge, that has a warranty to be used as a pry bar. Um, so if you do want one for an EDC, or not an EDC, but like to throw in your pack, then this one is a good option. So, and I think it's it's on Amazon right now for uh see all buying options. Oh, why are those so expensive? I got a that blade show for absolutely not that. So there is that. Um, what did you just toss in chat? What is this for? It, it's not SOG, it's Reaper is the company, but um Oh, they made the spear. And they make a machete that looks like a Spartan sword. Holy shit. Honestly, this might take uh that idea that Alan had about having a uh a brush axe kind of thing and you know has it but gives you a little bit of extra reach and you've got serrations as well, but you do need to maintain the serrations. So there I'm is that. Sure, I'm Ow. not sure I'd trust the the tang on that for heavy heavy impact um because spears are more for stabbing than slashing yeah. oh, i wasn't recommending thing. it for replacement of that he just I, I thought sog and i was just like hey yeah i forgot they make a fucking um yeah i mean that is very cool yeah the, very the, cool. their machete looks is is awesome i kind of want their machete i'm thinking about yeah this one like it's modeled after a fucking Gladius. Like I absolutely like this thing. Cold Steel also has a Gladius machete. Do they really? They should, yeah. Okay. So okay. So we moved on from knives and swords. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna flip one of the topics first before we get into guns, because that way we can get from. We can do uh, guns and the different types of ammunition. So what we're going to do real quick is tools and what kind of armor you would have in the zombie apocalypse. So starting with tools, we got a frying pan, we got screwdriver, we got hammer. Are there any other tools that you feel you would need to bring oh. into the survival thing? Um, whatever. And so we're just going to start top down again with Yanni. Any kind of super flexible, super durable rope. I fucking hate you for God damn it. Yeah, I have paracord in my fucking drawer, but now I can't say it because you said it. Motherfucker. But yeah, no, paracord, a lot of uses, hanging things up, 
uh, using it as like a lev- as a form of leverage in case you need to say start a fire or get something heavy up off of something else. The whole shebang. Yeah, I mean, god damn it! Now, like, what? What am I supposed to say now? Because I was gonna say fucking paracord. Uh, 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 I guess duct tape. Like, it's it's stupidly versatile. Uh, whether you are now granted, I know video games do a lot of like, oh, hey, duct tape, and now your weapon's back at a hundred. Not duct tape for that purpose. Duct but, tape, the poor man's weld. I mean, honestly, no, that's like, JB weld. I was about to say that like, uh, if you don't have JB weld, you have duct tape. <laughs> but um, like, I don't know. I can't. I can't exactly use duct tape to fix up a cracked um, engine block. No, but you, you can't can use flex weld seal. It. No, you can you use can flex weld it. Just sit there and go to like the as seen on TV aisle in Walmart and grab yourself like a roll of uh, that flex tape that gets slapped on a leaky uh, boat or whatever the fuck. He, I don't That's know. a lot of damage. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, a YouTuber that I watch figured out that you can make about two and a half nitrous hits on a car with using a flex cell head gasket. Are you talking about Garage 54? No, I'm talking about Cletus McFarlane. Uh, they literally took an old. It was it was it was a bad motor, anyways. And they were like, we're, oh. they went to Home Depot, bought a shit ton of Flex Seal, and like sanded down the heads and everything like that. Put Flex Seal on the head and the block, and then when they got ready to put it all together, they put another coat. It's kind of like a binder. Put it all in there. Put it back in the car. Hooked it all up, and then hooked the nitrous up to it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, this this car had a like absolute fu level of nitrous to it. So, Taylor, I'm going to say this real quick. I am pretty sure that you could damn near perfectly emulate the Cletus McFarlane intro. Hell yeah, brother. uh, Welcome to Cletus McFarlane. You're watching Cletus McFarlane. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, But, okay, so, uh, I guess because Paracord was taken, or like a really good rope, whatever, uh... My my next one would either have to be, and I can't use a fucking cast iron either. Uh, so I think I would resolve myself to taking some sort of like duct tape, uh, flex seal thing like that, because it's a really utilitarian thing that has a myriad of uses. So that's where I would be on hey, hey, what I, I other tool cut, I would take. I want to cut the line real quick because I don't want but, mine to get taken. Uh-oh. Zip ties. Oh fuck yeah, you. that's fair. <laughs> okay, uh, fat balls. What about you? Okay, so I'm gonna post a picture of this up in Discord because just saying railroad wrench won't explain shit to anyone. Um, but this is the old school adjustable wrench. These things are absolute fucking tanks, and alongside a couple of screwdrivers and a hammer, you need a wrench of some kind, especially if you're trying to get through an urban area. And those things can double as hammers. Um, they do amazing things. And I actually have a bag full of those that I've been restoring um, that were made in like 1880, 1910. Um, and, and they still chooch just fine, you know. And, uh, you know, that that's something that you kind of have to have is some kind of adjustable wrench because you're going to want it sooner or later. And if you don't have it, um, it's going to be a bad day. I feel like just the sheer weight of smacking something with this thing would it, it, it oh, yeah it, 
they could cave a skull in. Like they, oh, they are easy. definitely some monsters. Like that's just a nat twenty on whatever yeah. you smack. Like, fuck, that's yeah, fucking and, beefy. And like, like I said, I've got a bunch of them from like the eighteen hundreds. That you know, I, hell, I had one of them made in like eighteen sixty or eighteen eighty that I used to take apart the underside of my bathroom sink. I kind of want one. That's so um, dope. They're not expensive on eBay. Um, just look up Railroad Wrench, and uh, you may have to get a wire brush after it and clean it up and oil it and all that, but you can get them. Like, I got mine for, like, 13 bucks or less. Goddamn. Okay. Yeah. And you're not wrong. Like, as far as, like, needing to take out piping or, you know, stuff like that, this is a really good tool that, again, because your boy doesn't think, uh, this is a really good idea, especially, like, now, I know you and Cotier have a lot of uh, time and skill into metalwork. And so, like, I feel like having a tool like this will it allow you to, you know, create the items or things necessary to start forging or whatever and start producing other steel items or whatever that would be needed in a society that's rebuilding after this. So in an apocalyptic situation, if you were trying to set up some kind of blacksmithing, really what you'd need is a campfire with pipes going into it and maybe something to enclose it if you've got the resources. Uh, a sledgehammer head buried in the ground or buried in a stump can work as an anvil. They use them in countries where... Uh, the, they have the Southeast Asian safety shoes, the the sandals, um, and I think uh, producing kukris actually, uh, where they make them, uh, all the anvils were just sledgehammer heads buried in the ground. These guys are squatted over and going to town, and you got a decent hammer, like you can make a lot of stuff. Um, you just have to make some tongs first if you want to hold your shit. Okay, um, so the next one, let's go to Cotier. Um, now, here, let me modify this one for you, Cotier, because let's say that we got you in the civilization thing, whatever, right? Yeah, got it. Your, your, uh, your skill set is really... Oh my god, that's a cat. Ow. Ow, it just kitty. ate my tail. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I'll show the kitty off on stream. Give me a second. But, while Cotier, like, let's say you're there. You're there to survive. What tools would you use to greatly help the survivors? Like, what are the things you need to, to help do your thing, like your skill set? Oh, um... That's a great question. I don't... Okay, repeat the question, because I'm... Because where are we at? We're at tools right now, we're out of guns, Yeah, right? we're no, guns. We're, we're, we're gonna do guns afterwards, but okay. right now we're talking about tools. So what are the tools you need to be as effective as, a, as you need to be? And also, I'm going to hold up this cat here in a second, but go ahead. I'm thinking. Um, I honestly, honestly, I don't know. Because, I mean, I, I'm the one that brought up the cast iron pot. Uh, or the pan. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to say that because it was mine. Um, like, in regards to general tools, I suppose. But for what I would need to... Uh, fuck. I don't even know, man. Fire, I guess. Because, again, uh, with my work with metal and everything like that. Uh, fire. Uh, and the actual metal to work with. Like, I don't know, man. I honestly, I have no idea. See, this is why I said at the beginning that I wouldn't be the one that survives. Because, like, I don't fucking know. I never thought about this shit, to be honest. 
I always thought that it's like, you know what? I ain't going to make it. I'm fat. I can't run. Yeah, whatever. It was a nice, it, it was, it was nice, you know? So, um, <laughs> like, I mean, really, I like, I'm just like, the you honesty. Know what? fuck, I'm not going to go out there and I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not going to come out here. And I'm not going to say the pot. Oh, fuck. Yeah, guys, I'm going to go in and I'm going to be like the guy that's going to fucking take out all the goddamn zombies. You fucking give me a fucking machete in one hand and a <laughs> rifle in the other one. And I'm going to fucking take out all these mother. Fuck. No. Okay. Zombieland rule number one, cardio. I ain't got it. I'm sorry, but there's a reason why you don't see fat people in goddamn zombie movies. All right? Like, that's just how it is. Well, Shaun of the Dead had a good run until right at the very end for that one guy. Oh, yeah. No, that was fucking pretty good. Nick Frost that's is fucking hilarious. I that was goddamn so good. In peace but, through superior firepower. You I mean, trust me. me we'll... If I just mow you down. We're going to get to guns and the good and bad of it in a survivalist situation. But, I mean, uh, I just, I just, I honestly, I've never thought of it. I don't know what I would actually bring with me as one of my tools for my skill set to do that with. Because I can cook. That's what the frying can you, pan's well, hold for. On. Can you aluminum forge? Can uh, you get well? So finicky, like, yeah, well, the, the, the temperatures like, for aluminum, aluminum yeah, aluminum. There's a lot aluminum, of, uh, of inconsistencies in aluminum, so it's the really difference difficult. between forgeable aluminum and melting aluminum is like a few degrees. It's not much. Yeah, it's not that high. It's almost like lead in that regards. Um, well, the reason the reason I ask is because I got to fuck around with a phenomenal blade that was made of aluminum, and like. It was a little hefty for what it is, so I imagine it required a decent amount. But comparative to like a steel counterpart of uh, a blade of the equal size, no. it's much lighter and incredibly sharp. So I have to wonder, like, no. is oh your is, best bet? Your best bet for that thing there, if you want that kind of a knife and everything, your best bet on that would be a ceramic knife. Um, okay. Well, the problem with an aluminum knife is it might weigh less, but there's zero fucking edge retention, and it's going to bend the first time it contacts mm -hmm. something hard. Like that's yeah, yeah, unless you're cutting like that. fruits and vegetables, it's a pretty much useless piece of metal. Pretty wow. much. Uh, that's cutting? like the thing with the good thing about like uh, stuff like that. And again, I wouldn't use aluminum for it. I would use tin. Would be for like like for your for your meal kit itself, like plate, cup. Yeah, and I mean. If Things you like have that. a supply of aluminum or tin and you can melt it down, you can cast it into a bunch of different shit. And I guarantee you that blade was cast and then sanded to finish. It was not forged. Yeah, most likely that's the case. What I, All I'm going to do is uh, this year at Blade Show, uh, Alan, I'm going to take you to the dude who made it and let you talk to him and then just sit there and learn because I'm doing a poor job of explaining everything. And I also know nothing about it. But I feel oh. like... I've seen Watching. aluminum blades tested. Like I've I've seen guys like make aluminum blades and test them out and show where like it's super problematic. It makes a great piece. You can get it razor sharp. You just can't keep it there. And aluminum does not have what it needs to remain in the same shape after a solid impact. It just it's it doesn't. Okay. Um, well then do you have any more tools, Cotier? No, you want to bring? Okay. So I, then, I, I, I just, I honestly, I don't know. No, that's, that's fair. Thing. That's fair. I know Riglu said screwdriver, but what else? Um, honestly, I have no fucking clue. I, again, 
You already, yeah, because I mean, you brought up the fact that needing like a hammer, uh, a flat blade, and a screwdriver are like absolute necessities, which makes we, sense. We we all overlooked something very simple. What a, a ten pack of big lighters. Yeah, I mean that or uh, flint. Like uh, one I of mean, the two is necessary. Big, big lighters are far better than flint, just because if you haven't practiced creating a fire off of fire steel or sparks, you're going to have a bitch of a time, whereas lighting a ball of moss with a big lighter is going to take a few seconds and you're good to go. Yeah, but at some point you're going to run out of lighter fluid. Yeah, we're talking about like a few weeks at most to try to find a group of people that are Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 that's, yep, okay, fair. Like, because I have, I have my Zippo and I have like a little quart bottle of uh, Ronsonol that are just, it's just there. But, you know, I feel like if you're carrying around lighter fluid the way that I would, it also presents a problem. Like, the Zippos is if you pop them open and strike them and they light, they don't stay lit for too extended of a period before they self extinguish. Um, yeah. I've, I've tried to use them for light when the power's gone out and learned that the hard way, but big lighters, you can keep them going until your fire started, and they're less temperamental than zippers, zippos are. Well, also with a BIC, you can remove the limiter, and so you can actually ex- uh, have a double extend. Flame. Yeah, you have, a, <laughs> you have a very large flame, both Bix? as like a small source of light and a larger plume of fire. Bigs don't turn into crack lighters like that, but I do know which ones you're talking about. Yeah, it's the, the fucking ones. clear ones. <laughs> the um, clear ones? I have no idea, is, man. If you leave, if you hold them lit for too long, which is usually about 10, 15 seconds tops, they turn into just giant fountains of flame in your hand. Like, they're mm-hmm. incredibly dangerous. So, things I am glad I didn't do when I was a child is <laughs> hold them down that long. Like, I removed the limiters. That's never been a problem. But I've never held it down for that long. Like, hey, guys, look at how far... Fuck my hand! Like, it's never been like that. Um, I had stupid friends. I've seen it. Now, uh, we did get some some comments in from chat. An axe for a tool. And, yeah, like, some sort of uh, edged item to, like, split wood or cut things down or open for a utilitarian purpose. Absolutely necessary. Like, especially if you're trying to fortify your position and you need to get wooden planks or whatever, or you need to, like, shape, you know, wooden logs to become a defensive perimeter, whatever it is, you know, having an axe is absolutely a good point. Uh, We also have the... uh, That's why I still have two boxes of solid matches. And honestly, I forgot about the reusable, like, solid metal stick matches. That's a really good idea. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I think that's a solid move because they're reusable. You get to, you can get them wet and they'll still light. So that's probably a good idea too to keep in your kit. And it weighs fucking nothing. Um, if you don't have those, something I experimented with is strike anywhere matches that I coated in candle wax, and I actually lit those fuckers in puddles just to see if I could. You know what? Valid. Also, we did get a comment for a saw, and I would yeah. modify that answer as the... You guys saw the, the little saw that you can wrap up into a cord and like throw it in your packet. It's basically like a garrote. I have, but I have used those before. I, I have used those before, and they are a miserable experience. I would much rather have a good folding saw. 
Um, those cha- those like little rope saws, basically, um, they will wear your ass out. They will tear your hands up, and you will regret every decision you ever made that led you up to that fucking point before you get through something decent sized. So I think that's where the that's where the crux of the matter is. Like, if you're trying to fell a medium to large tree, then yeah, you're gonna go to hell trying to do it with that uh with that little rope saw. But I think if you're trying to get like you know trees down or wood that's maybe the size of you know a, a limb, like maybe your leg in that's thickness. That's what I'm saying. Like I've I've been sent to remove limbs with one of those at work because they were stupid. And anything bigger around than your thumb is going to be a finicky headache. I w- again, a folding saw. Yeah, like a folding choice. silky saw is way fucking better. And the form factor is just slightly bigger. The the silky katana boy, just slightly bigger. I mean, at some point, though, you do have to figure out how you're going to resharpen that saw. Because yeah. you're going to dull the teeth out of it at some point, won't you? Um, not fast enough to matter for our yeah. discussion here. Yeah, I mean, plus people, people, a lot, a lot, ugh, man, I'm just like wriggly today. I can't talk. A lot of people don't understand. Oh, so, like a silky, <laughs> a silky saw or a Japanese style saw works differently, right, than an American style <laughs> saw. So, a silky style saw works on the pull instead of the push. An American style works on the push. So, the teeth retention lasts longer for some fucking reason when you pull than when you push. I don't know why. It just is what it is. Wait, is this like S I L K Y saw? I don't know how um, the fuck you spell it. I just know what it is. I just know what it's called. <laughs> oh, go, hold on. Right? Yeah, hold on. I did. I did find it. I'm gonna pull up a a photo I, right now. I posted the katana boy in a uh, Discord. Yeah. Okay. So silky saw. I see this. That's okay. I didn't realize that. That's. I always thought that was just fucking called a handsaw. I didn't realize it had a real fucking name. Well, but, silky is the name of the company that makes yeah. them, and silky makes the best folding saws you can get. But oh. I've, got one, I've got one that I picked up for 10 bucks on Amazon that does just fucking fine. Like, it probably took me about 40 seconds to get through something that was about three times as big around as my thumb. Like, the kind of branches you'd be cutting. You know, the little rope saw that would take you, like, 15, 20 minutes. Folding saw like that, like, 40 seconds. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually really, I like this. Number one, it's also foldable. So, like... Mm-hmm. It's not going to take a lot of space in your pack. They don't weigh two. much either. Yep. Yeah. And if you've never no, used them before, the feeling is so weird when you cut something on a pull instead of a push. Yeah, the no. It's feeling in the world. So, like, when I was doing my Eagle Scout project, um, we had a couple of the – like, the Home Depot donated stuff, too. So, shout out Home Depot, not sponsored. But um, they donated some stuff, and a couple of scouts also brought their tools. And a couple of them brought these things, these folding, reverse-toothed saw things. So I'm sitting there trying to push on the fucking thing, and I'm not getting anywhere. And they're like, you fucking moron, pull on it. And I'm like, ah, this is weird, but holy shit, it's efficient. Like, I absolutely like this thing. So, yes. When I worked at University of West Georgia, they assigned me one that I carried around everywhere. And whenever I had to do a, a bunch of pruning work with no chainsaw, that fucker knocked it out real fast with minimal fuss. Like, it's now, just not as good as a chainsaw, but it's really fucking good. Here's a question. Uh, and I guess the question is for any of the gearheads that are in here, which I'm out, and I think Cotier is out too. I don't know what the fuck but, you're talking about. Uh, if you have a engine, uh, like those little, you know, pull, on mm-hmm. a chainsaw, 
Can you modify that engine to take like corn liquor, Everclear, etc.? Yeah, those are really easy to do that. But if it's two cycles, it's easy as shit. Yeah, you um, just add the oil and you're probably going to be good to go. Yeah, small engines can literally run on anything. Then you could piss in it and it'll run on it. They're so that and, and that's my question because at that point, yes, the noise would attract zombies, but if you're at a uh, a place where you have a good perimeter defense, so on and so forth, and you have someone who knows the technique to make, let's say, mash liquor, whatever, mm-hmm. then effectively you do have a fuel source to run uh, some of these smaller engine items like a small chainsaw, which in effect would increase your output for uh, reinforcing the place or whatever, whatever. I mean, and again, that's kind of outside the boundaries of spending at most a few weeks just getting two people. You know, if you're if you're entrenched and you're going to be there for a long time, fuck yeah. But you know, if you're just trying to get to safety, you don't need that extra weight and the risk of what can happen either with a chainsaw slip up or if you just fall and land on it wrong, even when it's not running. Yeah, no, that's and that's completely fair. You're right. I did I did put the caveat in there that it's only effective once you are in a safe place with other oh, yeah. survivors. Now, Absolutely. A bit of a side tangent, there are competitions where guys take fucking V8 engines and attach them to the barn chain and see how fast they can cut through big ass logs. Those are always mm-hmm. cool to watch. Yes, mm. they are. That scared the piss out of me just by hearing that. Like, did you imagine putting, like, fucking sticking a chainsaw to a Viper engine? Just a thousand horsepower. Just like, what's it's the like fuck? boss hops for chainsaws. Vipers are only 500 horse. <laughs> the, the thing uh, well, is, okay, the one like, two or we four guys about this. have to be able to pick these up to cut the, the, the log with. That's the nature of the competition. So they're the smallest VH you can get. Well, no, no, no. And uh, Taylor, the reason I said the thousand power, a uh, thousand horsepower one is because uh, Yanni's brother and I know someone that had to detune their thousand power, uh, thousand horsepower uh, Viper because it would sp- it would just spin out yeah. when it was trying to just drive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, yeah. A Viper yeah. is one hundred and ten percent a driver's car. Uh, they have well, the last gen, the most recent ones that they've made had traction control and ABS, I believe. But the first and second gen Vipers, they didn't have any of that shit. That's why half of them are in the junkyard right now. You I mean, but still, immediately. The- the thought of using okay, okay, hold on. Let's just say for shits and gigs that Spatuli drove up to help us when we are in our situated area and no longer needs his Monte Carlo with the big block engine that he has in it. <laughs> Imagine you take that big block motor and you stick it onto a chainsaw. Like that's cutting through. It's a fucking lightsaber with how fast that thing's gonna go. Well, no, that thing. Yeah, no, see, the fucking thing will fall apart before you even have a chance. To no, do but it. see, here's the thing that people don't understand about chainsaws or sawing in general. Friction is your fucking enemy, right? So it doesn't matter how fast your blade's spinning. It matters how much friction you are not creating. So less friction you have, the faster you cut through. Well. Believe it or not, a better use of that Monte Carlo would be to take the drive wheel off and use that as a mounting point for a large lathe. Yeah. Guys have done this with minivans, and they are turning fucking enormous bowls, and it looks dangerous as shit, but you can't yep. not watch. Huh. Well, I was going to say, at least for like hey, the friction, for the friction point, uh, for the friction point, you could definitely, you could definitely go, okay, 
Spatuli's right. Friction is your enemy if you're trying to strap something like that to a Monte Carlo engine. But to reduce friction, I'm going to take Tony. Oh, Tony's here. What's up, Tony? I'm going to take Tony. We're going to go rob a fucking porn store um, (laughs) and grab a bunch of fucking lube. lube. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I believe you can buy a 55-gallon drum on Amazon. I... Of lube. Yes. I, yes ah. I, you can. Okay. Well, I, all right. I, I, so I, our survival I, I, plan is coming me? together. Yes, 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 you can buy a 55-gallon drum of KY. No. <laughs> so, yo, I know what I'm buying <laughs> to kill. I have other questions. Oh, my God. I just walk into it's not <laughs> nice to go with his poop knife. My fucking oh my God. Is, how the fuck do you know that? Yo, just use the 55-gallon drum as the end table. Show, show Tony the poop knife. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, Tony, I'm going to hold it up on stream. He's got um, a poop knife. So, I I got a mysterious package um, as a birthday present from Alan, and he sent me a silicone durable poop knife. Like, literally on the package, it says, original poop knife will chop the most complicated of brownies, the most seasoned of sausages, the hardwood of butt logs, the longest of sewer snakes, the most ferocious of bog crocodiles, and the fattest of heaved Havanas. Like, I have a poop knife here. Yes, so, you know. You're welcome, uh, everybody. Tony would approve. Uh, oh my god, you actually podcast. posted the link. Brought to you by Poop Knife. And it's real, <laughs> and it's water-based, <laughs> too, bro. I swear it's to god. good stuff, if, man. If, if the owners of Poop Knife, like, want to sponsor the stream or the podcast or whatever, I'd be like, oh, fuck god, yeah, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Just have me read out Poop Knife. <laughs> Or whatever no, but hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I want to read out their many infl- uh, in, induendos of poop in a narrator voice, just because. Absolutely. But Actually, on, I could do it right now. Send it, send it in chat. I'll do it right now. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Spatuli, go. But, but check this out. So the link that uh, Taylor just sent for the 55-gallon thing of lube is actually really interesting because it's water-based, which means it's actually really helpful in the survival situation because you, if you can have a fire source. To boil that out, you can literally distill water out of loop. Wait, really? Yeah. But it's got to be or else you'll, or else you'll burn. Or those, those, you can those. do a lot of butt stuff before the world. <laughs> I'm going and I mean a lot. I'm going I mean, option two. I'm Actually, getting me a mutated cat boy and grabbing me some loot, boys. Let's do it. Apocalypse time. Oh, oh my bro. God. Yo, hold on, hold on. It's freaking only seventeen. It's only seventeen hundred dollars. Okay, we're buying that. I mean, nobody wants to eat the eggplant. Come on. <laughs> I do oh, like how they fucking drawn. market this, though. All right, look, how they look, market this is fucking hilarious. Look, look, look. We got Tony here now. Can we do the guns? I've been waiting patiently. I want to talk about the guns. Uh, you waited for me to show up to talk about guns? No, they kept pushing it farther and farther down the list. I don't know. Might have to be another podcast because it's already 810. Yeah, I want to talk about guns. Holy shit. Is this about to be another two-parter? It Looks like it is. So. Wait, what have you guys gone over so far? Everything. On the list? No, no. not even close. We, we went over food, and I did speak up for you and said that with your MREs, you were going to bring cockroach milk. Yes, 100%. Um, we did tools, um, we did knives and blades, mm-hmm. and about 17 tangents. Mm, okay, good. So I didn't miss much. All right. No, I mean, because you know how it is, Tony. Like, we start, and then we just fucking, and yeah. 
who the fuck knows? So, I mean, we and we just finished different tools that we, we would bring with us in a survival situation. Now, what we can do, what we can do, and I'm going to leave this up to you guys and you tell me. We can instead skip guns this week, talk about uh, armor and defense for your person. Like, what you would wear to safeguard yourself from the biters and potentially other people. And we can talk about uh, different medicine packs and stuff like that. And then next week, we can do the zombie survival part two, where we spend all of the time talking about the different guns, the rounds, uh, all of that stuff. Are you going to be uh, here next week? I'm, I'm oh, gonna... shit. I'm not here next week. No, no, no. So, uh, right. So, right. So here's, here's the thing on my end. I have to be awake at 430 in the morning, so I don't have much time left before I got to go medicate. Yeah, I say we can just leave everything else because, like, medicine, self-defense, or armor, guns, that all kind of. Now, yeah, me, just... me, me and Tony could go on for hours about that. Um, just save the list we have now, and then we'll pick it back up when you're back in town. And if all of us are together for the inmates running the asylum, we can do something different until you get back. Um, that's my vote. Yeah, yeah I mean, I again, work. you guys tell me. Yeah, that works with me. That works. Yeah, I'm good with that. Let's do it. Because, like, I'm pretty sure me and me and Tony can sit here and, and go over, like, good firearms, bad firearms for three hours. Yeah. Just the two um, so if you well, if you guys go and do that, if it's just going to be well, I mean, I'm not going to have much to contribute to gun combo. You know that already, but I'm going to throw a bow in there. Don't worry, I got you. Boo-boo. Hey, me too. Appreciate well, that, and buddy. so that's the other thing. Like, it's not just going to be guns, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to change it from just guns to range. I can't spell what I'm talking. Ranged weapons. Yeah, I can manage ranged weapons. Ranged so weapons. it would, yeah. It would be ranged weapons and guns, not just guns. Yeah, so we can do like the the, the guns, ranged weapons, the self armor, defense. Um, uh, I would put like round matter after guns instead of breaking that up, and then medicine. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so right now the list that we have for the next, because again, next week, uh, I don't know if uh. Tony wasn't here for this, uh, and I don't know how many people are still listening, whatever. But I won't be here to record next week. So next week, you all get to take over, talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about, and again, you guys take over. It's it's all yours. Um, and then the week after that, I'll be back for the zombie survival part two, where we'll cover your armor and defense of of your person not of your domicile or where you and the other survivors are uh your guns and ranged weapons does the caliber of your round matter uh and then medicine and that will be what we're going to cover in two weeks so are you guys okay with that yeah yeah okay Um, cool anything else that anybody wants to add for zombie shit then before we wrap up the podcast yeah real quick uh for tools uh did anybody say a fucking e-tool yes i said an e-tool earlier and i forgot it was a called it it was called an e-tool so okay. i said combat shovel <laughs> <laughs> i mean but yes fair enough okay cool all right i was just making sure yeah no because and i brought up the e-tool actually outside of the conversation of tools because in my pack it would be an e-tool that i can use 
to make uh, like griddle cakes because we were talking about the different rations that we would bring with us as well. And Spatuli and I were talking about old school kind of like peasant cooking, if you will. But if you have a little bit of like corn flour or whatever and some water, uh, you can just, you know, form it, stick it on your e-tool, stick that on top of a fire, and you've made yourself a little quote-unquote cake, like something to munch on. So that's uh, where I brought it up. No, but okay. Um, yeah. He no. kind of doesn't know. He doesn't understand. Really, yeah, so- bitch? I'd fucking try me. I carried the e-tool every fucking day. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you put it on top of a fucking fire, it gets hot enough to cook something. Oh, okay, so your e-tool's not coated. Well, why would it be? Why would you want to code it? All e-tools are coated. All e-tools are coated. I'm talking about a tactical shovel. Yeah, they're all coated. They all have some form of coating on it. If it is a legitimate, actual e-tool shovel, a combat shovel, in Akil's words, that's coated, and it has, like, a a black... I'm going to fuck it up. I don't know. Terracote? Not a terracote. It's uh, a like Cerakote. A, yeah, like a Cerakote. Mm-hmm. No, I understand that, but I'm just talking about like, okay, I have a shovel in general, whether yeah. it be a tactical shovel or not, mm-hmm. you can still cook on it. And you oh, can yeah. cook on you can cook on top of Cerakote. That I, I know agree. for a fact. But I wouldn't want to because if you heat that up, Alan but, would know that it's going to change the composition of the metal. Well, no, no, not if you get past, only if you go past a certain degree. Um, repetitive can, heating and cooling yeah but we're only talking about like a two-week span here yeah it's it, basically it's what would you do to last a couple weeks three weeks tops to get to safety um and you know changing the uh the metallurgy of the uh e-tool yes anything over 400 degrees for any extended period of time will anneal it but an annealed shovel is still gonna do everything you have a good night cool on the run so what's interesting is I started looking up what e-tools from the military are coated in, and it's powder coat. Okay. Oh, then you, you can't cook on that. If it's no, powder no, coat, no, then no, you no, can't no, cook no, on no. that. So what's weird is there is a FDA food-safe powder coat. It's not what's on e-tools. <laughs> I'm, I'm clarifying right now. That's not what's on an e-tool. But there is, there is the ability to, to have an FDA food-safe powder coat. Which um, makes no sense because powder coat is literally powdered plastic. That's a like <laughs> it's literally what it is. So it's it's a thing. Um, like I think if you were to be if you were to try and like prep for the for the apocalypse or whatever, and you did have an e tool, then it may be in a consideration for you to coat your e tool if you're going to try and use it as a cooking surface. Oh. So you're not carrying another surface with you, like a. No, uh, what you would do in that case is take a grinder and remove the clear coat, and then oil it, and mm-hmm, run that. Yep. Because again, it's only going to last a little while. Yeah, because again, oh yeah, Tony. So the stipulation behind this is the tools and items you are bringing with you to get to your your like the sanctuary, essentially. So that's the stipulation we have because Riglu put that put that uh, on there, where it's like okay. These are the things you are going to carry solo until you get to where other survivors are. So I think the idea of like, you know, grinding off the coating is actually a great idea as well. Because I don't think you can go to Walmart and buy like Rhino Liner. And I don't I don't think you can cook yeah, on Rhino can. Liner either. No, no you but can, can you, you, you can, can you buy, buy Rhino, Liner, Rhino Liner and a spray can? You can buy right, roll on. Can you cook can you cook with it is my question. Uh, no. Or cook on it. 
Okay, and see, that's where, like, it's tough as nails, but I don't think you want to eat it. No, because no, at the end of the day, all it is, okay, so Rhino Lantern itself is literally just fucking, it's liquid rubber that cures. That's all it is. Yeah, that's what you just, you, you, you strip it bare and then put a yep. coat of olive oil on it, and you're good. I'm going to save all my thoughts until the next part of this, because I don't want to keep anybody past when they can't. No, go. that's I'm, fair. Um, then... Okay, so now that we got everybody's thing, um, what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up the podcast for today. So everyone who's listening and live with me, thank you so much for either tuning in and commenting, or whenever you're listening to this, thank you for listening to it as well. A little bit of housekeeping before we clean up. Um, I really, really do appreciate every single one of you for listening and hanging out with us. And those of you that already have left five-star reviews on Apple and or Spotify for us. Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't, I deeply, deeply implore that you do because all of it helps us grow. And as we grow, we do so much more for kids. So we need your help to do that because, you know, it's their metrics, whether it's Spotify or Apple on how we grow, what our reach is, and therefore the kind of people that will, you know, be willing to partner with us so we can, you know, raise more money for charity. So we do need your help to climb. Uh, next week, again, the inmates are running the asylum or whatever they want to call it. Um, I'm no, not I like in charge. That. I'm done with that. So uh, if you missed the original inmates running the asylum, that happened when I was out of town for Christmas. So it was a great episode, and I hope you all are going to like whatever the hell happens for the next one. I won't, I won't be here, so I won't know. And then the week after that, we're covering Zombie Survival Part 2. Until next time, stream. I hope you all have a wonderful time whenever you're listening to this. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hmm? I do have one more thing to say before we leave. Are you going to read the poop thing? Because I did type it up. All right. Well, viewers, before Two you go, I have one more announcement from our not sponsor. Original poop knife will chop the most. Compacted of brownies. The most seasoned of sausages, the hardwood of butt logs, the longest of sewer snakes, the most ferocious of bog crocodiles, and the fattest of heaved Havanas. Oh my god, that was a good today. <laughs> I swear to god, like it's I said, if they reach out... having a voice actor on the payroll. I, right? I know, yeah, like... just listen to my voicemail. <laughs> Wait, do you already like, have it in, or installed? Yeah if, you, yeah, if you call my business, you're my voicemail. Really? Don't shoot me the number because I I want I want to I want to just like be with my friends and be like, hey, guess what? I'm a voicemail now and just call up the number. <laughs> like it would be it would be amazing if Poof Knife like figured out that we're talking about them and they're like, oh shit! Like, hey, they're also helping children. Like, we want to we want to donate and partner with these guys. That'd be the fucking wildest shit. I might even tag them when the episode goes up, uh, like on Twitter and shit, and be like, hey, so we talked about you guys endlessly. Just letting you know. But get your poop knife today. But anyway, podcast, y'all take care. Have a wonderful time wherever you are. And from all of us to you, bye. 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 Good night.